genre. Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we are continuing our miniseries on the Rocky franchise with the sequel that nearly KO'd the franchise. It's 1990's Rocky V. And we have a guest joining us to talk about street fights, bankruptcy, and great white dopes is Bentley Michaels. Welcome. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't realize this was 90 until like I looked it up. I was like, that's got to be way later. But I forgot they started in like, what, 78, 79 or something? 76. Okay, even farther. Yeah, yeah, 76. <laughs> um, but there was like a five-year break because the last one was in 85. Um, yeah. So this took a while. Uh, so what are your um, what are your sort of, what's, what's your connection to the Rocky franchise? And, and what are your feelings on Rocky Five? Um. You could tell that there is uh, it had been a while because the first five minutes of the movie are this, are like basically the end of the last one. So they, they felt mm-hmm. like they were going, remember, um, <laughs> it's not dissimilar to like how, you know, Back to the Future two and three end and start. You know, it's kind of like a, even though those were obviously much closer together. But like, yeah, I was watching it going like, oh, I guess Drago was four because Mr. T was three. I I grew up uh, being born in 1981, so it's like these movies were like on TV, you know, in the 90s, probably like on TBS in between a Van Damme movie or something like that, you know, like Bloodsport mm-hmm. or TNT on the weekends. So uh, I thought I hadn't seen this one, actually. But then, like, I started watching it, like, later on, like, with the kid getting picked on and, like, all the stuff. It's like I think I must have seen it at least once, and I just have a bad brain, but I the ending totally didn't think that's how it was going to end. I was just kind of like, maybe I've only seen it on TV and then like flipped the channel or something, you know? But yeah, I like the Rocky movies growing up. Um, I remember the Mr. T one specifically, my aunt, my uncle, uh, my mom's side of the family over in Bend, Oregon. Like we would, we watched that one I know together. And then I know I watched the, I know I watched the, uh, um, the, um, the one with, uh, Ivan Drago, um, Rocky four. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that one for sure because, you know, I, I I will break if he dies, he dies or whatever, you know. And yeah, then and then right. he shows up in Universal Soldier with Van Damme and I was like, hey, it's the Rocky guy. <laughs> that's how I kind of always yeah. – I don't know if you guys do this, but that's how I always remember people. Like the first thing that I see them in, that's how – so like when I saw Seth Green pop up in like Buffy or Austin Powers, I went, oh, it's the guy from Airborne. The 90s rollerblade classic. <laughs> like, and Jack Black, too. I was like, when he showed up in High Fidelity, I was like, hey, it's Augie from Airborne. <laughs> um, Nick, Nick what, are, what are your thoughts on, on Rocky Five? I have a very specific uh, memory and story about the first time that I, I watched Rocky Five. Like Bentley, I kind of was roughly aware, like, oh, yeah, that's the one where it's like he's back in Philly for some reason and everyone hates it. And it. <laughs> 
you know and like yeah there's like i'd maybe seen like bits of it on like spike tv or whatever um Mm -hmm. so one day about uh 2014 i believe i was still in college in oklahoma and it was over summer break and i had learned that my housemate uh scott you know this guy as my friend that was really into martin mcdonough Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so we were roommates and friends, and he had gotten a gig house-sitting for one of our professors for a couple weeks in the summer. He was going to do a play or go, go out to L.A. or something and say, hey, I get to stay at the, at the professor's house. Do you want to come like hang out? And I was like, hell yeah. Let's like see what this dude's house is like. Um, <laughs> uh, and he had a Roku, which at the time I was like, holy shit, like a Roku. <laughs> I've heard of these. <laughs> yeah, you stick it on the TV and you have everything that ever was. And so uh, he he had a, a – the professor had a dog, and that's kind of what made us have to, like, stay there. You know, we couldn't just, like, water the plants or whatever. So we were there overnight, and uh, we're scrolling, and then it was, like, the end of the month. And we were, uh, my roommate was on Netflix, and he was like, oh, my God, the Rocky movies are leaving, like, tonight. Like – they, they roll over every month. You know, you lose stuff and you get new stuff on Netflix. Right. And just, not to interrupt your story, please. but that literally just happened to us because as we've been recording this, all of the Rocky movies were up on Amazon. And as of today, recording this, which is the first of the month, they're all gone. <laughs> and so we had to start renting them uh, starting yep. with. This oh, one. is that what it was? Yep. So we, we sat down and I don't remember if. We, I don't think we watched all of them, but we, we definitely watched five because we were both like, we've never seen this one. And he was like, I love the Rocky movies. I'm like, of course you do. We all do. Like we're guys. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and like me, my, uh, my, my friend was like, oh yeah, everyone says this is like the worst one. Let's, let's see if it's as bad as people say. And we watched it. And within minutes we were looking at each other like this, 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 this slaps, right? Like, this is really good. <laughs> and out loud, he was like, what? Yeah, bringing him back to basics or doing this is why do people say this is the bad one? And so ever since then, it became like this little secret between me and my friend. Of like, everyone, everyone says Rocky Five sucks, but they are full of shit and they don't have any imagination. Like, this is really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. This is the one. This is the one. I, I want to say this is the Rocky movie that I've seen the most. Because for whatever reason, as a kid, this was the one that was constantly played on, like, TBS and TNT. Um, And so, like, I just remember, like, popping in and out of this one constantly on TV uh, growing up. Um, Because I would only, like, watch all of them, like, with my grandpa, like, once a year or something, you know? But this one I would see on TV all the time. Uh, So I think I've seen, like bits and pieces of this one more than any other Rocky movie. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you, Nick. I, I I think this movie like quietly kind of slaps and I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets. Um, I think that maybe casting a non-actor in the, in the part of uh, Tommy Gunn was maybe a mistake. Um, I don't, I don't think he holds up, but other than that, like there's some like minor sort of like story construction stuff that I would, I would have like tweaked here and there um, that we'll talk about in the rundown. But like overall, like I like the story that it's trying to tell. Um, I think that the climax is a little anticlimactic just because like it's 
there, you don't get the build up to anything. There's no build up to anything. It's just like bam, street fight, bam, movie's over. Um, and it's and and while I I appreciate it, you know, trying to do something kind of new, um, and not just like repeat the same thing that we've done for the past like four movies. It's still it doesn't have a build up. It's like, oh, okay, I guess we're in a street fight now, and oh, okay, I guess the movie's over. Fuck, um, you know, and and I mean, you know, it's still like I think you look at the movie overall, and it's like, well, I mean, I can see what the story construction of it is and everything, but I do think that um, I think that's ultimately the problem is that people go into a Rocky movie expecting something, expecting a vibe, expecting to like start low get high you know hit get the reach the climax have the fight feel the catharsis and then the movie ends and this did not give you that um and i think that that was uh ultimately i don't even want to say that it was the mistake that the movie made but i don't think that it i i I just feel like stallone and everyone else involved just didn't get that like that specific formula of vibes is what people want out of a Rocky movie. And if you don't get that, then people are going to say that it sucks. Yeah. Uh, Stallone had been trying to do this for a while, which is mm-hmm. take Rocky out of the ring. What's, what's a Rocky movie without it being a boxing movie? And right. this may have always been the fate that awaited that story, like Rocky paying his right. taxes or whatever. Right, right. Because, you know, at the end of the day... You know, this is the 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 arc of the Rocky movies is a, is the arc of a boxer. Um, in terms of like you reach the highest point and then there's nowhere else to go but down. Um, and and that's just that that that's that's the arc of a boxer. Like that, like you know, there's nowhere to go once you once you reach the tippy top. You know, it's like either you start losing or you retire on top. Everyone calls you a, a a schmuck and like you know just oh yeah yeah you're yellow you're scared blah 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 whatever and then you just like become an announcer or a trainer or whatever and that's that's the arc of a boxer it's every single boxer that's ever worked that's what happens if they reach a certain pinnacle of success they only have like two options start losing or quit I mean Floyd Mayweather is the most perfect example of that recently because you know he was undefeated like 40 and or 41 and zero or something like that. And then he did like those couple, like he did that exhibition thing in Japan where the guy was clearly paid to fall down. And, uh, and then like, <clears throat> then he fought, I forget. Uh, I think it was Canelo. I think maybe it was his last one where he definitely got rocked a couple of times. You could tell that he wasn't the same Floyd Mayweather that he was, you know? And yeah. He's probably the most like, biggest name worldwide in boxing you know in in recent history and clearly you know the guy knows how to make money right and i think a similar trajectory could be said of that of an action star Mm -hmm. you know we look at uh you know older character actors like franklin jella or uh dennis hopper actors who are allowed to get old and start playing retired generals and grandpas and whatnot dads and romantic comedies and Mm-hmm. But action stars are rarely awarded that luxury. Like Scott said about boxers, you either retire on top or you start getting used to losing or you quit. Well, and, I mean, Burgess yep. Meredith is an amazing example of that in this movie. And then, you know, right after this, uh, he kind of, 
he only had a couple more because it was like the two grumpy old men movies, and then he was gone. He was like that was like ninety three, ninety five, oh. and then he and then he was gone in ninety seven. So like, holy this... shit, I forgot that was him in the grumpy old men movies. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, he's Jack Lemmon's dad. Right, right. So the uh, uh, you know the road to making this movie like Sylvester Stallone in between um, Rocky four and Rocky five, which was like you know a five year period, he yeah. made Cobra and Over the Top and oh, Rambo yeah. three. All three of which he wrote, um, and then he did in last the year previous to this in 1989 he did Lock Up and Tango and Cash, neither of which he wrote. He w- took both of those roles to be like, okay, I gotta, I have to wa- write Rocky Five, and so he just spent all of like 1988, you know, when they were filming those movies, like in his trailer, working on Rocky Five, and the original intention for Rocky Five, which was like. He was like, I don't know where to go after Rocky Four. Like, that feels like the tippy top. So, like, where do I go from there? And his thought process was like, because it wasn't just about story for him at this point. It was also about, like, well, the studio wants a big hit. So, like, I, you know, I'm looking at this movie like I'm a fight promoter. How do I promote Rocky Five. Like, how am I? How are we going to market this movie and get pe- get putts and seats after Rocky Four? And his answer to that question was like, "Oh, this will be the one where Rocky dies." So he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to kill off Rocky." And he tells the story about how he wrote Rocky Five. He brings him down to his lowest point and turns him into a trainer of this guy. Ends in a street fight, and he gets his he gets his block knocked off. And dies in Adrian's arms. Um, and that is how this original story uh, is supposed to end. And um, he talks about how he was like crying when he was writing the scene and, and this whole thing. And he was like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a tragic ending for this, for this hero. And uh, gave it to the studio. And the studio was like, <laughs> absolutely not. No. <laughs> um, nuts? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not, we're not killing Rocky. Rocky is like James Bond at this point. Like, we're, there's no way. He really um, he is. doesn't die, especially yeah. now. Yeah, um, uh, he just—he's not going to die. So he's like, okay, fine. So he acquiesces and he he rewrites it. Um, and during this time, he's also realizing that um, he doesn't want to direct this one. Uh, he just—he was like, you know, Rocky Four was the hardest I've ever worked in my entire life. It 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 put me in the hospital. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, he, he talks about the injury that he received in that fight with Dolph Lundgren and a lot of people who worked on, on the set were just like, I'm not saying that he wasn't injured, but also I, I think that he was absolutely exhausted because he was, he wrote the movie, he was directing the movie, he was starring in the movie, he was creating the fight choreography for the movie. He was the, he was acting, he was doing the stunts in these boxing scenes. Like it was just too much. And he actually I in real like, life got hurt? Uh, like he got yes. punched in the face one too many. Yeah, yeah, cuz they did the first round of of Rocky 4, he wanted it to be a real fight. Okay. Um, so they were actually punching each other. I was going to say uh, it did look like that like in that little little flashback thing at the beginning. I was like, god, these guys are getting yeah. fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah, he got wrecked. Um, so, you know, he made the decision like, okay, I- I'm not going to direct this one, but we're going back to basics. And if we're going back to basics, if we're going back to the beginning, if we're we're sort of circling around um, to 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 the beginning again, why don't I go back to to John Avildsen, who directed the first Rocky, and have him come back and direct Rocky Five? John Avildsen 
in between uh you know directing the the uh, the the Italian underdog sports star movie uh he had directed a whole trilogy of Italian underdog uh sports movies a little a little franchise called the Karate Kid um and so he had done Karate Kid part 2 part 3 and so you know very successful career but never quite hit the creative highs of that first Rocky, you know, Karate Kid was never nominated for Best Picture or anything like that. Um, but yeah, he became like sort of an expert at like Italian American underdog stories. <laughs> um, and uh, and so he um, he was brought in and he was happy to come back to the Rocky franchise. He was he was excited because he he had turned down Rocky two originally, um, but but had always regretted it, which is why he like never turned down any of the sequels for Karate Kid, despite the uh, quality. Um, sort of uh being half as good each time um <laughs> yeah you're not lying yeah um and so but he was like yeah i'm not gonna fall for that again look how successful the rocky movies were um and so he finishes rocky three or, or uh karate kid three and then he comes over and starts doing rocky five and and everyone sort of describes stallone on the set of this movie as like just like he's on vacation and and the reason is isn't that he wasn't like working hard in his scenes or anything like that. It was just that like that's all he had to do. Yeah. He only had to because he, he also did. Yeah, he also didn't know how to. Uh, you know, he didn't choreograph the street fight because he was like, well, I don't, I you know, I don't know a street fight. Like I I I know the boxing stuff and that's what I choreographed. Then we'll get we'll get like a, a street fighter to come in and and choreograph this fight. And so he wasn't doing that. He had already written the script. Um, and so we all he had to do was show up and act every day. And everyone was like, he was like he was on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that lack of hunger sort of drove this narrative because it's like you're taking us, you're telling a story about this guy going back to basics, but you are, you have never been this high in your career, right? I would say, I would argue that like his best year as an actor was probably 1993 which was like the back-to-back success of like Cliffhanger and Demolition Man. Yeah. Um which are two like absolute classic, you know, 90s Stallone projects. And so he's like on the verge of becoming like planet Hollywood Sly Stallone. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh and and so, you know, he's He's sort of like taking it easy. Like he's got his career figured out. It's not going to go anywhere and he's not hungry anymore. And so he just tries to tell the story about this guy who goes back to basics, but he's not going back to basics. And so I think there's a lot of people who watch this movie and they can sense a sort of like, you know, it's not genuine. It doesn't feel quite as genuine as you would want it to be. It feels like a guy, a rich guy play acting, being a poor again. Um, And and I think that a lot of the other actors on set also felt this. I mean, you know, Talia Shire really liked working on this movie because she was like, wow, I have something to do this time. <laughs> um, you know, I actually have like a real character for the first time since the second one. So, like, she really liked that. She had the one two punch this year of Godfather Part Three and Rocky Five, both considered the worst of their respective series. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm sure she didn't feel so great come 1991, but you know, at the time she's like, wow, 
Like I'm I'm in a Rocky movie where I have a real role. I have a I'm back playing in The Godfather again in the biggest role in a Godfather movie I've ever had. She's a very minor role in Godfather and Godfather Part Two, but Godfather Part Three she has like a major role. Like she's kind of like almost like a co-star in that gotcha. one, which is um, much more of a leading uh, lady. Much more so, yeah. So I'm sure she was really excited going into 1990, and then coming out of it, I mean, those both of these movies kind of one two punched her career yeah. um cuz she kind of never recovered after this um but uh you know uh, Stallone was paid 15 million oh. uh to do this um the budget for the movie total was 42 million um the highest budget that they'd ever had and uh and for what I don't know um but uh yeah 15 million But it million still made dollars. bucks though it made like 120 or something at the box office worldwide oh, um wow. Yeah, it only made like I think twenty or twenty five domestic. Mm. Um, it made all of that money worldwide. That's the only reason that it turned a profit at all. Gotcha. Um, yeah, domestic uh, audiences turned on this big time. Um, just like they turn on rock in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Frank Stallone, uh, is the is the guy who brought um Tommy Morrison to Sylvester Stallone's attention. Uh, Sylvester Stallone had always wanted to cast a real boxer in one of these movies. And each time, you know, he would bring them in for a test screening and he'd be like, ah, these guys aren't actors. Like, they're just like, as much as I would like to have that real sort of boxing uh, energy in the ring, like these guys just, they're not actors and they they can't perform the scenes. But for some reason, he thought that Tommy Morrison was the guy. (laughs) Um, And uh, woof. Yeah, woof, indeed. <laughs> um, indeed. Uh, but Tommy Morrison's in this movie, um, and uh, the medical problem that Rocky has in this movie, um, immediately upon the movie releasing, uh, bo- people who know a lot about boxing and, and medical professionals watch this movie, and they're like, all boxers have this. This wouldn't stop you from boxing. This is, it's, it's basically what Rocky has in this movie is the equivalent to a long-term concu- concussion, yeah. which basically like 95% of boxers get this, and they continue boxing afterward. Um, it's yeah. not life-threatening. Uh, it's certainly not life-ending. So, Scott, you're saying that in, in Hollywood, uh, Adrian and the doctor's like, Rocky, this is serious. Like, you, you can never fight again. This is a major. In reality, it's like, get back out there. Yes, 100%. Yeah. But I also wonder, like, how big in the medical field it is. Is like, we can't let them, like, let our secrets out. <laughs> like, well, know I, mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. But, the, but, but, but specifically the fact that, like, they're like, you wouldn't be able to get a license to fight. Oh, right. That like is the your that brain's is the gonna thing explode, that is Rock. It's gonna blow yeah, up. Yeah, that is that is that is the thing that is untrue. Is right. that like he would easily be able to get a license to fight again, yeah. which is how we end up with Rocky Balboa sixteen years later. Um, but uh, but yeah, like that it wasn't it wasn't a true and and you know I can see the the problem because like there are medical issues that he could have had Rocky have that would preclude him from fighting again. But he instead just chose one randomly out of a book, and it just happened to be one that would not get your license taken away. And nobody fact checked this. I think. Um, I think maybe also, you know, it's like Stallone goes like, "Oh, uh, yo, you know, we got a so he gets punched in the head, right? So he's uh, you know, 
no one knows how the brain works, so you know we make it. So the brain <laughs> no doesn't one knows work. how the brain works. You know, yeah. it's like uh, like if he has arthritis in his hands or he's broken his hands too many times. You know, which fighters can do, and they talk about in the movie. Like I could see like his hands like going with the handshaking stuff. Like it doesn't work because he's got like arthritis or you know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. it's it's um it's it's too like bad because like I I I don't. I, I don't have an issue. Like, I like the idea of, like, okay, a medical problem stops him from fighting. Like, but, like, it's also, it would be, <laughs> it would be a lot better if he just didn't bring up the license stuff, which, again, he could do a re edit of this movie like he did in Rocky Four, take out any reference to, like, you wouldn't be able to get a license to fight again, and, and Duke promising him a license to fight again if he fights his opponent. Like, if you take all that stuff out of the movie, then it's just like, hey, you're seriously injured. Like, you could fight again, but, like, don't. I don't recommend it. Then him deciding to retire is more of, like, a personal choice and him listening to his wife, the desires of his wife. And then it's more like an actual sacrifice versus what the movie does, which is, like, he has no choice. He's not yellow. He just doesn't have a choice. They won't let him fight, you know. Yellow. What a stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. the second they said it, I was like, Back to the Future 3, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But absolutely. I was like, what a what a weird phrase to, like, say in that, you know, like. I mean, I guess I can understand it because, like, it, it came from the, the country bumpkin from Oklahoma, you know, I suppose. Right, right. Anyway. Well, it also came from a, a screenwriter who was, like, a kid in the 60s. So, Oh, that's you know. true. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're both right. I think I think Bentley's right. Where it's like it very Thank likely you, was was, <laughs> was just the first <laughs> idea. This simp- Occam's razor of like, yeah, guy gets punched in the head. It would be brain problems. But like, yeah, it could have been like a any any litany of things that you know. Because I I think that's something a reason why this character it continues to be so beloved as we get older. Because like, even if it doesn't matter if you're a boxer or just working at an office, like this narrative of the body is one of degradation and you losing control of it and it's stopping working the way that it did when you're younger. And so you can relate to even this larger than life character slowly being like, Oh crap. And I'm getting old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These injuries yeah. are starting to catch up with me. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. I, uh, I injured myself like three weeks ago and it's still terrible. Like, and it was as simple as, I turned in my bathroom and I forgot that I'd taken the bath mat out and I just had a towel down. And so I slipped and I cracked my shin on the edge of the tub and fell in my tub. And then like waited there was like, oh boy. Okay. When does it start to hurt? Like when, like did I break something, you know? And I finally like slowly got up. I just have this gross like wound on the front of my shin that's taking forever to heal. And I'm just like, yeah. gosh, this would have gone so much quicker. <laughs> like, what if, uh, what if it had been that in Rocky Five, and it was, he just turned wrong one morning? <laughs> Adrian, you, you, I can't, I can't fight anymore. I broke my shit on the tub. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> the champ fell funny while getting out of the shower this morning. He will be retiring from the sport of boxing. <laughs> he hit his funny bone. Rocky's quoted as saying, "Man, it's not so funny, you know." Yeah. <laughs> I remember everyone chuckles in the press conference. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's basically it. I mean, you know, Duke is obviously uh um Don you know King. based on Don King, yeah. This just um, happened in the 90s. And... Just you'd be watching something and Don King would show up. Yeah. 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 The Simpsons. Um <laughs> yeah, it's true. He was everywhere. He was kind of iconic. I'm surprised they didn't give Duke the haircut. Like that's 
That's the one thing I'm surprised because he's everything. He's Don King to a to a you know to a T, with the exception of the hair. It he almost doesn't becomes have like hair. parody at that point if he if he has the hair and the jewelry and like the rings, right? But you're right, right, it's, right, it's right. Na- Nakedly Don King. Um, f- interesting, like just like weird random trivia. Uh, in this, so so um, the beginning of this movie features uh, Tony Burton um, back as uh, as as Duke Evers. Um, Duke wasn't; they couldn't call him Duke because they didn't want there to be confusion between him and George Washington Duke, the promoter. And so they just call him Tony in this, which is just his literal first name, Tony Burton. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's just calling him Tony, and I guess hoping people don't remember that we used to call him Duke. That has um, big. Um, that has big taking Junior's room for no reason energy because, like, yes, it does. Duke's been here since movie one. Now you got to change his name for this new character. Give the new character a different name. Yeah, he's why is his name got to be Duke? It could be something else. George Washington know. King. George Washington yeah. Cutter. Yeah. Something Ooh. I don't know. There's a lot of lot of names you could use. Duke's Duke. Um, so, but yeah, I just thought that was I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, 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 yeah, and then of course it wouldn't be the only uh, uh, Tommy uh, uh, Tommy Morrison wouldn't be the only um, boxer uh, in the movie either because you have uh, Michael Williams as Union Kane who is like a sort of cameo role, um, and he was a he was a big time heavyweight boxer as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. I guess Sylvester Stallone was just like, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's no actors good enough for this anymore. Um, it is a not big enough. It is a, a tradition that the franchise would continue on for the next few movies. You know, Balboa mm-hmm. and both Creeds feature real life boxers as like the primary antagonists. Yeah, I, I will say as much as I understand the Don King of it all, I think the, the, the funnest thing they could have done would have been instead of like making this Duke guy a, a Don King riff, instead having Schwarzenegger come in and play the villain, but be a promoter, another ex-boxer <laughs> turned promoter. <laughs> and I'm just thinking like Schwarzenegger with like a big cigar, ah, just being like, yellow. hey, come on, you know? <laughs> you're like, a coward. Doing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah and, and calling him a coward and stuff. But I think Schwarzenegger was past his um, playing villain's uh, it's like it's it's kind of like yeah. betrayed by his own ego of like he would never like that would be an all time baller move like would have them both on the poster are you kidding me but yeah like oh oh yeah but Stallone would never be like third fourth build in a Stallone movie sure sure yeah um I mean but, which I mean they end oh, up kind man. of doing with obviously with the Expendables movies like. You know, bring well, all those guys right. together and stuff. I'm gl- I'm glad you brought right. that up, Bentley, because like I guess before we go into our rap, our our breakdown, um, mm-hmm. you know, Scott brought up the uh, authenticity of this movie, and mm-hmm. I didn't think I wasn't thinking about that watching it. I but I I was thinking about the future a lot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the future, what life would have in store for both Rocky the character in the franchise and Stallone the man, and what happens between. 1990 and 2006 and Mm -hmm. 2015 is like all of us Stallone would actually go on to be humbled in ways he couldn't have imagined uh you know he would reach the highs of cliffhanger but then also the low of like copland which was a flop copland that's the one I was I was like where's that Uh, movie where it was a cop 
uh, stop or yeah. my mom will shoot judge dread right you know stop. he would he would bottom out in the 90s and yeah. you know have experiences similar to rocky where he's like oh crap am i gonna lose all of my wealth am i gonna have to like start from the bottom and then yeah. um i want to talk a little bit about before we get into the walkthrough uh sage stallone who yes pl- plays the role of junior who would go on to have a career entirely of his own as a film archaist working to preserve film history, grindhouse films, exploitation films, uh, before tragically passing away, uh, before the release of Creed. He has a cameo in Creed. Uh, There's a a photograph of Stallone with his son, and that's Sage as a child. And And that's, is that why they switched to Milo Ventimiglia? Yeah. Uh, No, he hadn't hadn't passed away by the time of Rocky Balboa. He was working on directing his own film. Oh, Uh, gotcha. Right. But uh, and, you know, because oh, yeah, he, he died in 2012 and that was what, 2006. And yeah. uh, much yeah. like uh, Sofia Coppola in The Godfather 3, he would be the unfortunate uh, victim of a nepotism hire, a child of a director that would be viciously maligned uh, mm-hmm. to this day uh, mm-hmm. for a performance they gave as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't fine. even a bad performance it's not uh, yeah. even a bad performance yeah I, yeah no I, I think he's solid and you know uh yeah. so it's a yeah and and so it's like god just thinking about you know there's this line that rocky has early on in the movie hurry up the music's ending soon mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah when they're dancing huh yeah and it, it's like you never and like like it's tragic but like there is an authenticity by the time you get to stallone in balboa and especially creed where he doesn't have to act or find what what does it feel like to have everything taken away from you or to be utterly humbled by nature and time because yeah. like he's he he would go on to live that and kind of this almost feels like a rough draft of a movie he wasn't really prepared to tell authentically by 1990 100% i i i also think it's a mistake starting this movie right where rocky 4 ends because then we get into weird continuity things where it's like this is simultaneously 1990 and also 1986 Right. Um, and which I don't really understand. Uh, his kid goes from being nine to fourteen over the course of a plane ride, a, a month. Yeah, yeah a plane yeah. ride, a month maybe. Um, I thought he was so, twelve. I thought they said he was twelve. Oh, so. maybe he's twelve. Well, the the Either sage way. is fourteen. Filming. Oh, it. gotcha. Um, yeah, but yeah, you look um, at the kid in Rocky Four, where Rocky's like, "Batman's gonna go end the Cold War." Like, bye, Dad. It's like, "Day, Dad, it's me. I have a whole personality." Like, you want to like, I, yeah. I was just like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" How long was he in Russia? <laughs> time, time moves differently over there, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so you know, we we open with the classic, you know, recap of the first movie, and that's almost certainly why it opens the way it did. Okay. Like, See, again, having not seen him in so long, I was just like. I think maybe they're just reminding us because there was that five-year gap, but I didn't realize they all did that. Yeah, they, they literally. Hey, they I'm all the most do. informed guest you've ever had. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, but I think it's like, yeah, if you're already making a Rocky movie that's different, why do you open it the way every single Rocky movie has? Like, yeah, maybe you do open like five well, years later or something. Well, I mean, I think with this one, he pro- his thought process was probably like, well, we're going to give him brain damage, so we should show everyone how much of a punishing you know fight this was for yeah. rocky like really focus in on the on the yeah. the the 1800 pound punches yeah. that were hitting him in the head over and over yeah. and over again like the drago fight is such a big part of his psyche in this one like he flashes back to it a lot it, it does help that we yeah. get to see it in this movie 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I wrote down. I really enjoyed the title cards because I don't know if the other ones do that, but you know, like pausing them and that's. I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's nice. Like that's a fun little piece of filmmaking. Uh, I also wrote, we need an extra five minutes up top. I guess like because <laughs> that like I think that thing could have been cut in half. Like it was so long, and then yeah, the face pounding. I just go, their faces would be pudding, like with how hard they were getting cracked like that. Dude, I've been hit in the face sometimes, and I gotta tell you, if someone hit me like that, I don't care what Mick is yelling at me from the afterlife. I am not getting home because, like, I'm not getting <laughs> hit like that again, dude. And gosh, what? So Stallone's what? Five six, five eight? Uh, five. According to Google, he's five ten, but I've heard that he's actually five eight. Well, he gets I mean, shorter with every guest that we have. In yeah. his heels, he's he's five eight for sure, or in his five ten for sure. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. And Lundgren's got to be like six. Like, I'm six two, so like, I'm fairly tall. And but Lundgren, he looks like he's like six four or something like that. He looks, he's six five. Oh, he's six, six five. five. Yeah, God, he's huge. Yeah, like yeah. he just towers over him. Like how Rocky got in at all. So like to him with like instead of him just like putting his glove out and putting him on his forehead, he's like, swing away. You're never going to hit me. You're never going to hit, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I really was, like uh, how the, uh, contextualizing, cause we talked about it last week with Rocky four, how like, it was like the height of the high. He did. He ended the cold war. He beat the Ubermensch, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he did it. He took yeah. out the and, red hammer. And the immediate <laughs> aftermath that we see in the locker room is like that kicked his soul in the nuts. Like yeah. he, yeah. He like his his hand. Like I can't stop shaking, and it was just so compelling to see immediately after the pomp and the victory of Rocky Four. He's in the basement at his most physically vulnerable, and Adrian is like, "Oh my god!" And it's like immediately more compelling than anything that happened in the previous movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gave him he 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 won the fight, but he has like neurological damage now. Um, it's uh, it's pretty messed up. Pretty messed up stuff. Yeah, I uh, I do. I wonder if it's like a, an action movie thing because I remember in one of the Rambo's, and again I don't remember which one because I haven't seen any of them in so long. But there's one where he's like covered in mud and like strapped to like a metal thing, and they're like electrocuting him or something like that. But he is full on because he's covered in mud, has nothing on down below, and so you fully see all of Stallone, and like, uh-huh. and I wonder. It, it, obviously, Van Damme in Bloodsport in like '88, and like in most of Van Damme's movies, you see his butt and stuff like that. And like even Arnold, like because in '90 he does Total Recall in Kindergarten Cop, and then '92 he does Term, uh, Terminator 2. And like obviously, right. there's a lot of nudity, like I mean, in Total Recall, and then in, in Terminator. Like I just wonder, it's like, sure, like I get the muscles part, you know, which is why we have the Marvel actors, you know, in such great shape. But like the butt thing, I wonder if that was the studio note, like, look. We've got a thing like we, you know, ladies love seeing the butt. Like we got to give something for the ladies and then something for the guys. You know what I mean? Like if that was like their thought process back then. I genuinely just think that it's it's if I had a butt like that, I'd put it on. I'd put it on camera, too. (laughs) I mean, I I legitimately think that's all it is. It's just like the name of your first autobiography. I'm going to I'm going to want I'm going to you know, I'm going to one day I'm going to be 75 years old and I'm going to want to look back and look at my young ass. And just be like, damn, I really did it, didn't I? You know? <laughs> it is interesting, though, that it, if you, because if you do look at, like, you can kind of chart his 
body with like the way we looked at the male body going from mm-hmm. like you know the 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 height of the 80s and how we're kind of seeing the resurgence again you see echoes mm-hmm. of it like zach efron and baywatch or hemsworth and love and thunder where mm-hmm. we're like whoa oh, wait yeah whoa, like what what are how are you getting there how how is like do we like this are we cool with this um yeah it it's impressive and like is it sex? You know, and, and it's yeah. It's also interesting because in both of the cases that you just the both the two examples you just made, both of those are comedies. Right. Versus the nineties where that they these were not comedies, they were like action movies. Right. You know? this is, so yeah. Nick, this yeah. we're talking serious butt action, not funny butt action. Well, no, I just mean it's <laughs> no, just I, it's I'm, just I'm interesting just comparing around. the two the two eras of like doing things similarly but yeah, like yeah. also treating them differently. I I don't know. Is, I was yeah. just joking. Uh, yeah. Both hilarious comedies, Baywatch and Thor: Love and Thunder. Which well, one's which one's better? I leave that up to the listener. <laughs> right, yeah. they, right in. <laughs> they uh, return to America. They are playing the Bill Conti Rocky theme. Stew on that. Make of that what you will. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just become a canon, canon. Rocky's yeah. theme song. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love the production value on that band, though. Like a nice shot, big old jet coming in. You got like mm-hmm. at least a hundred people out there in a marching band. They're just like, ah, rocks back. We got to play what, the song for him. What happened to the American jet that he came that he flew in on? Like, why is he arriving in a Russian jet? <laughs> That's true. Something uh, happened to it while it was over there, and they're like, and you know, they like they like yeah. like screwed with it, and then they're like, actually, well, since you won, we'll send you back. You know. Yeah. So they have a press conference <laughs> in like the hangar of the airport. Where it's yeah. like Rocky, what, what was it like defeating Drago? What was it like ending communism? Like this is great, you're great. <laughs> and what is immediate, even as he's walking off the plane, oh. uh, Rocky is acting like Rocky again. Yeah, it was like the first thing I noticed, having watched three and four. You know, where he's slowly becoming less like Rocky and more just like your general Stallone character. He's like just loose and relaxed and. To telling bad jokes and genial and I didn't even realize he I know we touched on it briefly in the episodes, but like the 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 difference became so stark for me, Scott. Yeah. And Robert is like, there's something wrong with dad. He's acting differently. I was like, Yeah, because the only version of your dad you've known is like this rich guy. <laughs> Who like has had so to become foolish. like a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, this is your actual dad, dude. Like, this is who your mom fell in love with. And what I find so uh, so interesting is, like, so the, the the crowd is like, yay, Rocky, we love Rocky. Then George Washington Duke comes in with Kane, and it's like the same old dance of, like, I'm the new challenger. It's time to, time to do another Rocky movie, asshole. Like, I'm, he's the bad guy, and we're going to fight, and we're going to do it. And, and, and Adrian's like, are you kidding me? And yeah, we just got home. We just got <laughs> off the plane. Yeah. And, and and like Bentley said, the crowd turns like vicious where they're like, yeah, yeah fight, fight, fight. And it kind of. You know, we need been... answers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one guy. Well, that was. But that's about his retirement. That's For not. Sure. Yes. That's not about this fight. And, yeah. you know, we've been using the uh, the we've been tracking throughout the Rocky series of this being like a one to one for show business of life as an entertainer or an actor. And it kind of reminded me of like you know, the populace, you know, the, the Green Goblin, like they don't actually care about you. And the minute it suits them, they're going to just want more and more. Mm-hmm. And their appetite's mm-hmm. never going to stop. And you can either quit or eventually be devoured by it. Yeah. 
Because the thing is, even if he had gone with this fight and done this fight and even won, right? No one was going to be satisfied by that yeah. because how is that raising the stakes from winning the Cold War? <laughs> With a boxing match, <laughs> you know, like there's just nowhere to go. So like they wouldn't have even been satisfied by this fight. And that's the the truly like terrible thing about this is it's just like they want it. But if they had it, they would be like, eh, yeah. that wasn't as good as the fight in Russia. Well, yeah, because you know? in, in this one, it'd just be old guy beats up young guy. And right. uh, here's a here's a here's a question since we're talking about the. um him bum rushing the stage also uh george washington duke he just has a universal microphone that like taps into everybody's pa system yeah <laughs> but uh my 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 question for you guys is that like you know it sort of deals with something later on but do you guys feel that um that kane would have flopped for rocky and that was duke's plan as well to like build rocky up and like take as much money as he could from him or would it have been uh, another thing of I want to destroy the champion. I think he had a plan for either outcome. He seems like okay. a dude yeah. that just any given situation, he'll find a way to like make it work for him. Gotcha. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's absolutely accurate. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, th this scene is interesting because like I get Adrian's like, what the hell? What are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Guys, like we his, just his, got his, here. His wounds haven't even bruised yet. Like, fucking relax, everybody. Um, and Sweet Ray-Bans, like, though. Sweet yeah, Ray that's true. <laughs> and they don't even know, you know, only Rocky and Adrian know about the incident in the, in the, in the underground, you know, with the hands not moving. Yeah, in the, the shower, yeah. yeah. So uh, they return to Chateau Balboa, mm -hmm. where uh, all is right for a few precious nights. Uh, we get a scene where Stallone, we finally get the, for me, the fulfill the promise of Rocky, the father, like yeah. Rocky, the dad, he's in junior. I do room. like how the kid is grossed out by his parents in the driveway where he's like, fucking, and like Rocky drops in a sex joke, like walking by his kid and stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like when he's dancing with him, the kid's like, Ugh, what? or maybe it's more of supposed to be the continuation of him being like, why is dad acting like this? But yeah. You know, but I do just kind of like, you know, Rocky's like, yeah, maybe I'll take you upstairs or whatever, you know, but, and the kids just kind of like, what is happening? But yeah. Yeah. But it yeah, the, so, the whole scene. It was May so I precious. Ask you guys a question? Sure. Because this is just something that I noticed just because talking is what I do for a living. And it's been so long since I've heard Stallone and maybe he's putting it on for this movie or something. But he seemed really Stallone-y, like, like, like real slurry more so. Like, yeah. is. Is that like, is that on purpose or is just is that just the Rocky character is just more of this in that yeah, way? The Rocky character is an exaggerated Stallone impression. Like it's a Stallone doing a Stallone impression essentially. Gotcha. Um, he like exaggerates this thing that he actually does have a speech impediment, but he exaggerates yeah. it for Rocky. He loses that in Rocky three and four, and he speaks more like sort of professional Stallone, the way that he he speaks out in the world in interviews and things like that. Because he's on top of the world. Right. But then in this one, I think the head injury is is he his thought process is like, I'll I'll let him slip back into Rocky gotcha. one and two territory. Cool. Um in the way that he talks. And also like yeah. like Scott mentioned earlier, he's only acting in this one. His head right. isn't mm -hmm. 
his attention isn't split 50 different ways. So he can really just focus on plus having John Alvinson directing him again. Right. Who knows what that did to him on a subconscious level of like bringing Rocky back into where he was back in 76. But it just adds to the humanity of that moment with him and Adrian, where they're acting more in love than they have in two movies of like you yeah. said, like I'm gonna violate you like a parking ticket, and he goes, "Oh, do you have any change?" Like, "Whoa, Adrian, whoa, you never." It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. Only and, need a quarter or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. That's what she said. And the the scene where she's talking, where he's tucking Sage Stallone in, I'm very conflicted. Like, yeah, casting him may have been a mistake for continuity reasons, as well as like, you know, shielding your kid from the 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 300 head beast of show business. But right. on the flip side, this plays, you know, like a father and a son. There's a an intimacy between the two of them that can sometimes be so, like, awkward in other movies. Um, yeah, well, especially with the French teacher drawing. I thought that was a funny little piece of business. I was like, oh, that's fun. That was so I, I, loved, I love that because I <laughs> truly hope that that's how I am when I'm a dad one day is just be like, yeah, I get it. You're going through shit. It's fine. Ooh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, just don't don't tell your mother. You know, like, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> and My English the son, teacher's pretty hot, too. <laughs> and the son also isn't like, oh, like a sh- instantly shame embarrassed. He's like, eh, what are you going right. to do? Boobs are cool. You know, yeah. yeah. Okay, I kind of like boobs that. are pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he say something along the line? He's like, "This is what she really looks like." Like meaning, like, is she really like? And he's like, yeah. "It's pretty accurate." Or it was something along those lines. <laughs> I did find it a very funny father son moment, and especially knowing that you know Rocky growing up, how he grew up, and like you know he you know he's from the streets, and so he's just kind of being like, yeah, you know, in his head he's probably like, "Boys are going to be boys," type of idea, you know, like that that right. sort of like. He's like, he's not hurting anybody. And, you know, it's just, it's in his room. It's cool. But I did think it was a very fun, like, funny little piece of business. And I wonder, it almost makes me wonder if Stallone, I know he didn't direct, but if Stallone, like, didn't tell his kid, maybe. And he's like, hey, we're going to do, like, a little improv scene. And, like, he pulls it just to kind of, like, screw with him. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. And to that end, with Rocky being from the streets, there's uh, a really beautiful bit of dialogues earlier in in the press conference scene. Rocky uh, offhandedly says, like, oh, yeah, I love my son. It's like being born a second time. You know, it's like getting yep. a, live, being a live again. And Junior's like, well, what did you mean by that? And Rocky's like, well, like, I didn't grow up having a lot. And so when I get to give you things that I never had and you get to have experiences that I never got to have, I get to see a little bit of it through your eyes and it makes me feel good. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's like, yeah. I, I, yeah, there were never even like half conversations like this in Rocky Four. But like it, it really resonated with me because I, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about it in the first movie. But like uh, I like I've had conversations very similar to that with my dad growing up of like we both had very different upbringings. And I sometimes had conflicted feelings about that and sometimes didn't see it through his eyes of like, oh, yeah, this was a dude with a whole human life before I even existed. And yeah. he has his own baggage. And I'm kind of like his way of reckoning with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My son and I are the same age apart as my dad and I. So like when he would be at a certain age and he would do certain things or he would say certain things or like the first time I figured out that he lied to me and I was just like, oh, I would call my dad and be like, yo, he's doing this. Do you remember when I did this? You know, it was it was always very, very interesting. And now that he's 16, he's just out driving, you know, mm-hmm. ignoring me. <laughs> sure. Getting one earring. But. <laughs> Getting one earring. Oh, what a cool 80s, 90s thing that was. 
Um, yeah, this this scene, I mean, this is what was missing from the last two Rocky movies, are, are like scenes like this. Like, this is what I love about this franchise. Um, and we get, you know, ultimately we get more movies like this than like three and four. You know, three and four are the only movies that are like three and four. Uh, most of them are like this one. And so, you know, you have Rocky one, two, five, Balboa. And then honestly, the Creed movies are much closer to this vibe. Um, then, uh, Rocky three and four. And yeah, this is what I love. And so like when people say like shit all over this movie, I just am sort of like, but also it gets stuff right that the last two movies have gotten way, way wrong, which is like, I don't know if you, if the thing that you focus on is that like, he doesn't get into a boxing ring and like fight somebody. If that's the only thing that makes a Rocky movie for you, then like, I'm like, do you even like the Rocky movies or do you just like boxing? Um, because like, I just, I love Rocky. Like I love the character and I like seeing him hang out with his son and, and, you know, and just like act like Rocky. And so like, I love this scene. I think it's great. Yeah. The, the, it seems to me what I remember because, uh, Mr. T Clubber Lang was the third one and then Dolph Lundgren was the fourth one. And Mm -hmm. so that, that probably they, those two kind of suffered from, uh, more of like, let's make it more of like a boxing action movie rather than, yep. They lost the heart and the and yep. the and the family of it all. Like ba- basically, like what the Fast and the Fear. They lost the family. You know. Yeah. And well, now I mean, it's just the, cars going everywhere and shit exploding. The first two movies were all about like Rocky's got to find the heart to win. He's got to yes. find the heart to make it all fifteen rounds. He's got to find the heart to win his rematch. Yeah. But then, like, the third one is, like, you got to get the eye of the tiger. You got to be mean. You got to... And it's just, like, well, that's not... What is this? Like, that's not Rocky. Yeah. Um, and it's it just... But it became so ubiquitous to the character and to the franchise that I think that that's what people expected the next Rocky movie to be instead of this sure. back to... Going back to the heart and back to, you know, the family man. Um, and also, is, there's a is... lot of sweaters in this movie. I got to tell you. <laughs> Some Hell yeah, sense. there are. Uh, <laughs> so, many, good. so many sweaters, so many turtlenecks. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I, I love all this slice of life stuff. This is this is, this is is why I'm here. Yeah, this is great. what I love about this, these franchises. Um, and then a lot of plot things happen at once. Rocky goes downstairs. Yep. We find out that uh, Paulie, um, like, gave power of attorney to the uh, their accountant, what, what he thought was a tax extension because they were over in Russia. And... Uh, the guy was like going to do this thing. We're like, well, yeah, I was going to lose all your money, but then I was going to get it back. And then that second part didn't happen. And right. I just that, took all of your money. Yeah. And that coupled with um, some bad business, you know, Rocky turns out hadn't been paying his taxes in a few years. Uh, the mortgage on the house, they thought they paid for the house all at once, but it turns out they hadn't. And, you know, it feels like it feels rushed to me of like, yeah. We need to get this character back to square one. Let's like just have a bunch of stuff happen that's been happening, and it all just comes to a head now. Because, because I think the problem is again that it's happening so soon after, like immediately following the events of Rocky Four. Whereas, like if in your in like if you would if you had been like, well, let's you know, like like you said earlier, like skip ahead like five years or three years or whatever. I feel like it wouldn't feel this way. Like you could almost start the movie with like, we've lost all our money because of X, Y, Z. You know, we've tried to like sell stuff. And, and that's the thing too, is they immediately yeah. are just like, 
all right, let's just sever all of this. Let's get all of it out of here. Go back to Philly. Let's just start over Um, immediately. Whereas like most rich people, when this sort of thing happens, they do tend to like fight it for a while and they have other avenues to like earn money and things like that, that like, you know, bring them. Yeah. Cause I mean, like since he's so popular and he just saved America from Russia, like there's no, there's no sponsorships. There's no, like people are like, Hey Coke, Hey, I'm the champ. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like how, how is there no one? How is no, like how are they, are they not begging him to be a, 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 a an announcer, like a, a fight announcer? Like, yeah. Uh, or a commentator. Know, one of those guys that like Roy commentator. That's the word. Yeah. How are they not begging him to be a commentator with like, a, you know, with a six figure salary or maybe even a seven figure salary to just come in and talk about the fights? Yeah. yeah. Like th- like he could be a he could be like the Al Roker of boxing. Yeah. Or at least yeah, the Charles absolutely. Barkley. Yeah, because right, yeah, he's yeah. funny. People like him. Like <laughs> yeah. he's charming. He's funny. He's a funny guy, and like he makes jokes, and people laugh yeah. at the joke. They like they're just really charmed by this guy. He would be great for TV. Yeah, fuck? actually, Charles Barkley is actually actually a pretty good comparison because you look at him, you look at yeah. Shaq, and they've you know to a generation of younger NBA fans, they're like the funny uncles on Inside the NBA, yeah. and then they're like, oh no, back in the day, those dudes were like monsters. Yeah, had um Apollo Creed not died. They could have been the Shaq and Barkley, or even you know, twenty years later, I forget what happens to Clubber Lang, but you know, bring him in the new Rocky movie, make him the Shaq and Charles Barkley, the announcers. You know, like <sighs> we used three. to hate each other, but now we're okay. But yeah, I'm, that I'm would on- have been that would have been the that would have been how they their both of their careers would have went had yeah. Apollo not died in that fight. Yeah. Like the two of them would be, they would have pitched a show to ESPN, mm-hmm. and it would have just been the two of them. Talking about boxing together and every, yeah, the it's boxing, like, you know, boxing watch corner. the old champs. Yeah. Talk about boxing. Yeah. That guy's got a meter, got a meaner red hook than you, Stallion. Whoa, you, uh, you know, God. yeah, yeah. yeah you end the show with and, th- you know, and that's it from the boxing corner. Ding, ding. And uh, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> oh, what could have been? But, you know, it's like surely there's some sort of thing where you can trade on Rocky's fame where it's like we can make a few million bucks by me like. You know, hey, kids boxing gloves, the Rocky style or what? You know what I mean? Like just something where I feel as though instead of him just being like, we lost everything. My brain doesn't work. Ah, damn it. Like (laughs) the literally the only way I can make money is through boxing. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. no, there's so many other ways. You're so famous, Rocky. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's like the biggest star in the world and just like had this international fucking bout. The movie's in a rush to get Rocky back to basic. So all of the questions of like, wait, it seems like you should have more options in this. It doesn't come to pass. He uh, immediately gets back in his costume in the trunk upstairs. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, Adrian's like, what are you what are you doing? And he's like, yeah, no, it feels it feels comfortable. Like. It just kind of. Yeah, I'm feels, moving the plot forward. I'm moving the plot forward. They're doing their best of like, you know, we've been down before. We've been doing this. We get a, we get take me back, Frank Stallone on the mic, but this time with a fresh '90s <laughs> sound. Uh, right. It felt really, really good. You know, you you brought a Fast and the Furious. It's like you know when the, when they show you the house again in Seven. It just like you're like, oh hell yeah! It felt really good being back in Philly. I found it interesting. You know, he's in his leather jacket. He's in his uh. They look like Capizios because, like I said, I tap dance. So he's got like the angled heel. He's got a little one and a half, two inch heel, like little Capizio, like stage shoes. And he's just pulling the slash. Just got a smoke hanging. 
Got a so little, and, and, and he's supposed to be drunk, right? Like when he goes up into like Burgess Mer- into the old boxing ring, because like, he's kind of stumbling around. He's kind of like slipping his feet around, you know. Like I assumed, and he just came from the bar. Yeah, maybe a little. I don't think he's like like you know. It's hard to tell with really Rocky. tipsy or anything. Yeah, because he's usually he's always kind of like a little bit like you know. Yeah. So yeah. he goes loop in group. The 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 loop group is uh, yelling at him from inside the bar. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. How do you lose They're all like, of his money? <laughs> yeah, he lost a, a bomb. He lost all his money. I'm home. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I I have that note too. I was like, more cool ADR, like more, you know, more cool. Yeah, that, wow. Loop Loop Group is especially vicious today. <laughs> so he stumbles out of uh, the bar. He looks up. Uh, it's Mighty Mix, and he goes into the gym, and we get the uh, the Burgess Meredith, uh, not cameo because he's credited, but. It's it's I could not. So th- I, I think this is one of the best scenes of the movie. And I think, yeah, it's uh, the minute you hear his voice. It's kind of a reminder of a presence that hasn't been in these movies in a long time. And totally. I think Mick dying. It, it, it did a lot for Rocky as a character. And I think it, it kind of it, it works in Rocky three. But it, like, yeah, it felt so good just hearing having him be in the movies again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a it's a really nice scene. I like that they only shoot Sylvester Stallone from the back because they're like, as soon as he turns around, everyone's gonna know yeah. <laughs> that he's he's like a forty two year old man. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, it's a, it is a really great scene. And Burgess Meredith, uh, he just acts the shit out of it. Yeah, and it's his really, really good. His line again. I I couldn't stop thinking about Creed, where he's oh. like, yeah, you know, you get to a point, Rock, where like. You, you know, you're losing people and you're losing friends and you're losing and losing. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell am I getting out of bed for? And right. for me, it's you like Rocky. Like you're, you're what gets me out of bed and you're what gives me hope. And it's like, oh, my God, like this, this echoes his relationship with Donnie in such interesting ways of mm-hmm. like, kind of we, of like as, as he loses more and more, we, we cling to what gives our life meaning as we age. Right, right. Um, no, and, I, and it's a good setup to like you know, opening the door for Tommy to slip in. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of like giving like Rocky, just like thinking about this, this talk that he had uh, and, and being like, Oh, okay. Like this is where I can, this is where I can go. I it's, can, I can do this. Yeah. And, it's his like, bolt still from the feel blue. something. Yeah. Yeah. This is my change. This yeah. is what my thing is. Uh, yeah. And he's, and he's right, but there is another. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like now I'm going to be thinking about, this is like a, a Sith Jedi like allegory. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm in love with the the Burgess Meredith choice of the monologue is like you're gonna hear an angel whispering to you real soft. Get up, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> so good, great. But but the, the prophecy of, of yeah of of uh, of uh, the him, prophecy of, of Rocky being like oh yeah like Mick I need to I need to be a Mick and the next day they meet Tommy Gunn who uh, seemingly hitchhiked all the way from Oklahoma to Philadelphia. He's got a mullet. Yeah, he does. Oh, my God. Now, now the the way that he interprets this, like, sort of dream, this this visitation the yeah. from the ghost of, of this vision of Mick. Yeah. Um, it, it is, he interprets it as, like, oh, I got to reopen the gym. Yeah. Right? Because the gym is, like, closed at this Which point. conveniently like was dust. willed to his son. Right. Right. Indeed. Um, and so like, yeah, so he reopens the gym with the with the intention of like, oh, I will be I will be like Mick 
but not with the intention of like I'm going to train someone specifically. It's just like Very I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to be like a guy like in in Philly, and I'm going to train boxers. I'm going to open the gym, and it'll be it'll be nice a place for know? guys to go and just you know have a place to be, get away from the streets, and you know box it out. Yeah, yeah. and right. he, he fight meet, it out. <laughs> and he meets uh, Tommy Gunn, and Tommy Gunn's like, "Hey, Mr. Rocky, I'm you know, can you train me?" And he's like, ah, "I don't know, man. That's not really my vibe." And uh, yeah. George Washington Duke comes up. And to again, the cost Rocky into like doing the title fight. And he has, and he has an interesting line where he says, you know, you don't retire when you're still bringing in the bread, you know, you're Mm -hmm. still putting ass in seats. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we said that last episode of like Rocky's putting ass in seats, you know, and the kind of like, no, you keep going. You're not done yet. You're not done until this flops and people stop going anymore. And then even then you just take a 10 year break bitch yeah right. like this is franchise yeah the scene outside um is like it, it's as if somebody gave stallone the note of like every scene's got to do at least two things and he's like what if a scene did five things because <laughs> that scene is like you introduce tommy gun the guy comes in and he tries to get he tries to get you know duke comes in tries to get that so duke is meeting Tommy Gunn for the first time and also he's giving Rocky a hard time but then also Adrian comes in and where does she come from? The pet shop and so she's trying to get her job back at the pet shop and now Rocky's embarrassed and all of this happens in all one scene and I'm just like Jesus Christ (laughs) Sly, spread it out, spread this stuff out it it is like it is such a condensed scene of like things happening all at once that like you can see Rocky, and he's like, so Mr. Stallone actually plays it pretty well, because Rocky is just like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I gotta get out of here, because he just looks so overwhelmed, because so many things are happening at the same time, that when at the end of the scene, when he's like going back inside the gym, and Tommy Good's like, hey, is, can I talk to you now, now that you're like done, your whole life is done falling apart? You know, and he's just like, I, I don't got the brain space for this right now, man. And yeah. just like walks away. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't blame you. Like, you just got hit by six things all at once. That was nuts. For sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, here, here, here's the fight opportunity. Here's a new character. My wife has a job. I'm going back to my first day at this gym that I magically cleaned up in what seems to be almost 24 hours or something like that. <laughs> Like yeah. all of the, yeah, for sure. That's a, it's another very sort of reminiscent. It's not dissimilar, Nick, to what you said, where it was like the montage, a minute, a montage. This is almost the end of uh, the reverse of that, of, uh, we find out, uh, you know, he's broke CTE plot. And then sort of like a long, like nice walk with his son. And then boom, he gets hit with the, with the, the Scott Corelli six, uh, six plot points at once. Yeah, it it is. It's funny you bring up the um the the passage of time because that's something that I am very curious about in this movie because <laughs> very famously, Rocky Four the fight in Rocky Four takes place on Christmas Day. Oh, and wow. then Christmas happens in this movie. Yeah. So is that the following year? Is that a couple of years later? Like, did because there's no way he he did 22 fights in one year, right? So he's been with he he must have yeah. been with Rocky for like years. This movie yeah. must take place over years, right? Yeah, I don't I mean, even, I don't know how be, else to make sense of it. I mean, that's yeah, that's basically like two fights a month, and like there's there's no way that I don't think like I mean unless they're amateur fights, but even then, because like I mean, if you look at UFC stuff now, and like guys will take at least like minimum like six to eight months off, like, yeah. from after their like first big bout or or, or like if it's like a big thing or whatever 
Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. But then again, he's, he he looks like a roided up Zach Morris. So like I don't know, maybe he's just ready to pop. Tommy manages to uh, convince Rocky to spar at least to invite him into the gym, and we get uh, a preview of the violence inside of Tommy Gunn. But Tom- Tommy Gunn is an absolute like brutal like street fighter, yeah, and just absolutely like wrecks this guy that's supposed to just be a sparring partner. And everybody's like, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, what are you doing? And yeah. it's just like, I don't think this guy's ever been in a gym before. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we see uh, Junior, who got his coat stolen by bullies, uh, meets up with the girl who sort of lured him into the bullies, grasp. But then he like maybe unknowingly or maybe unwittingly, her name's Jules. And there's an interesting bit of dialogue where, uh, you know, she mentions like, yeah, this place ain't exactly Disneyland. Have you ever been to Disneyland? And Junior's like, yeah, sure. It's like, why you talk about it like it's nothing? And just the way that Stallone really makes a point of showing Junior's like class divide with these other these kids that are living a life much more similar to that his dad had growing up than he did. Right. And is really like in a new environment that he has to, you know, survive or die. Yeah. And I thought him giving the dollar to him when the kid kind of seemed embarrassed by it, you know, like I thought that was a nice little piece. Like when he drops him off at school. You you mean the part where, like you said, he was walking his son to school and was like, no, you got to remember like these these kids, they're tough and they had, you know, they're vicious. All right, bye son. I love you. My special baby boy. My special little baby. Here's money. Here's (laughs) money. (laughs) My special baby boy. (laughs) (laughs) They're like already eyeing him even before Rocky. Uh Uh, But uh, at dinner. So like uh, that night, uh, Tommy is still waiting for Rocky and Mick to leave the gym. And he's like, look, like, I grew up watching you. You're the reason I got into boxing. I remember I saw your first Apollo fight. Just please let me, you know. And Rocky was very disquieted by, like, the violence that Tommy had, the wrath that he had for that one guy. But him being Rocky, uh, you know, he can't help but just give this guy a break. So he takes him back for family dinner. And we yeah. learn a little bit about where that violence comes from. He mm-hmm. had an abusive father that hit his mother and him. And he's like, yeah, the first guy I ever knocked out was my dad. And Adrian's like, oh, my God. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it and it's Polly who's like, hey, uh, this guy, uh, he, he, he hit pretty hard. Uh, you know, we might be able to make some money off this guy. I don't know. I'm just, uh, you know, <laughs> like yeah. once again, <laughs> Polly just setting up Rocky for failure. That's all he does in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. I wrote down origin story of sadness at the dinner table. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Yeah. Like, it, like you know, it's another again, it's another one of those things of like what you were just saying, Scott, is that like you get all of this stuff and then sort of you have some story that sort of seems natural. They're in the boxing area, all this stuff. They go home. You We learn all of this backstory of just like Stallone's like, I got to write. I got to write. I got to write. Like, here's like story and story and like setting stuff up. And then, uh, you know, the and this is like the first time that we start to see the I uh, my note was replacing his son with in uh, creating sadness, you know. Yeah. And that is that is my my ish, my main issue with this movie is the the sort of like son replacement story, because. If if there's this great scene, like when he's taking him to school, right? And he's talking about like his his kid is like asking him like what's a what's a scam, you know? Yeah. Um, and 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 they're trying to explain it to him using like street terms, and he's like, oh, like a deception. 
And I'm just like, okay, whatever, kid. Like, he's kid, like, he read the dictionary, so he knows those words, but he doesn't know right. slang, I guess. I don't know. But, but, you know, the idea that, like, he is smarter and tries to use his brains and things like that. I think it would have been more interesting if he had gotten out of that, gotten out of that fight with with Kevin Connolly, uh, with Chicky. If he had gotten out of that fight using his brains, if he had outsmarted this kid, is that Kevin Connolly? Like, yes, that's Kevin Connolly. Oh no, um, kidding! Yeah, yeah, Chicky is I, is Kevin Connolly. <laughs> I was like, I was looking at, it and I was like, God, that guy looks familiar. And for whatever I thought it might have been, because he was hot at the time, he was on that show. Salute your shorts, but then he's also like the oh. red-haired friend in Terminator Two. I thought maybe it was that kid for a second, but that, they cool. actually do look kind of similar. Yeah, um, but uh, as we all know, as Urban Legend uh, uh, tells us, that is actually Kid Rock. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, it's not, but it's it's a fun <laughs> Urban Legend that you always hear. But but the the idea of like the like. Rocky not being able to relate to his kid is what is needed in order for this like Tommy gun replacement thing to work. I think it do- it doesn't work because there's no conflict between him and his son. And so when he's doing it, it just seems like he's doing it because he's just like, ah, my kid's not a tough guy like this guy. I like this guy. He's got muscles, you know? And it's just like, okay, like, I don't know. Oh no. It's a, I think it's kind of a, it's a big criticism for me as well. Right. I just don't think, the pieces connect because so because I, I I ran the timeline in my head. Rocky sees Tommy viciously like pound on this guy that he was supposed to be sparring with. And he's like, I don't like that. That's weird. He's never. And then back to dinner. To, he, Rocky doesn't seem particularly moved by Tommy's uh, story. In fact, he has kind of a weird line. Where he's like, well, at least you had a dad. I don't even have a dad. I'm like, I don't know if that checks out, yeah. Rock. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's the same thing. <laughs> and, and so then, at least you had a dad to beat up on. So when we get down to the basement, and Junior has prepared the shrine to his father, and Rocky is like, "Hey, it's great." Anyway, Tommy, like, like, wait, why? What has what has Tommy done to make him so uh, attractive to you as like a surrogate son? Or what is wrong with your son? Because you seem really into your son. So yeah, like this sudden. Similar to Rocky losing his fortune, it just felt like yeah. a, a sudden lane change the movie needed to make. Again, yeah. with the timeline, it, like from the course of six hours where we see him beat the crap out of the guy to now like six to eight hours later where it's dinner time and we're in the basement. He's like, hey, we're going to be best friends. I'm going to train you. Yeah, I I think ultimately, you know, the thing that you talked about earlier, Nick, is just it's it just simply Sylvester Stallone was not ready to write this movie. Um, and it, and it's not, not because he wasn't capable of writing a movie. It's just that like he needed to be humbled in order to write a movie about Rocky being humbled. Um, and not just like humbled with somebody's fists, but like emotionally humbled. Um, I, I, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't there yet. He didn't have anything to like, he had no basis for it, you know? So he was just, I guess this is how it happens. I don't know, you know? Or it's just like, uh, even going back to the Polly losing Paulie lost the money. Like mm-hmm. if, if Rocky, Rocky had nothing to do with that decision. It just kind of feels like it's it, nothing. Rocky isn't really making a lot of the big choices in this. It just kind of stuff's happening to him. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. More right. reactionary. Yeah. Cause like if, if it had been a thing where it's like, you know, they lose the money and you know he had that conversation with his son where he was like i want you to have all the things that i didn't have that's what i love about 
being rich and having all these things is like to give you a life that I never had. And then to lose all of that. Right. But then being like, well, I, I still have my son. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to double down on my relationship with my son. I'm going to spend more time with him. And then just realizing like, oh, I, not only do I barely know my son, but also I don't have anything in common with him. He's a nerd. And I'm, des- I'm desperate to like hang on to something. I need somebody to relate to. I need something. And then enter this boxer who is like supposed to be a lot like Rocky was when he was in his 20s. I could understand him sort of relating to him like that. But then also like the idea of his son being seeing that being sad and bummed out that his dad like is spending so much time with like this stranger. Right. He's having bully problems. He outsmarts the bully, doesn't use his fists, outsmarts the bully, figures out how to like befriend him or whatever. And then like just the idea of like. Rocky being inspired by his son, I think, is a much more interesting story. It's also why I think the ultimate villain of this movie should be the promoter, whether that's Duke or the unnamed Arnold Schwarzenegger character I wish was here. Because <laughs> I, I, I think I think ultimately the street fight should have been between Rocky and the promoter, not Rocky and Tommy Gunn. Be, it being Rocky and Tommy Gunn is bizarre. Because then it's just Tommy Gunn fighting his dad again. And it's like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Because you have this new father figure, and now you're wanting to kick his ass too. So what is the movie trying to tell me about the relationship between fathers and sons? I don't know. Um, it's, it's very like muddled and confusing. Whereas yeah. if you really hyper-focused in on the whole point of this is to give your son the life that you didn't have to try to improve their life in however incremental way that you can, you know, that you're capable of doing. Then the idea of like Rocky, like Tommy Gunn, like I'm going to fight you. And he's like, no, we're not going to fight. I'm going to fight this guy. And just like goes to town on the promoter. But the only way that works is if the promoter himself was also an ex-boxer. Because then that's why the suggestion of Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in. It's like, oh, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's an ex-boxer turned promoter. And then you end the movie with a street fight between the two of them. And now that's a fucking movie because then it's like, yeah. no, I'm going to do the thing that your dad should have done, which is like, get, get the assholes out of your life, you know? <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. And I think so I also, I think also what you're talking about there, uh, Scott is, is a really cool thing. Had they doubled down because obviously, you know, for lack of a better term, like I think Nick, I heard you say this is like his kid's supposed to be nerdy. Like his kid is the opposite of him. He's super smart. He's an artist. You know, uh, he he's into all that sort of stuff. So it's like he's into the he's into the arts. Maybe he's in theater. You know, whatever it is, it's like yeah, he doubles down. He makes it. You know, like what you're saying. Like with his kid, he develops that relationship. He has new things, and then like yeah, the the whole promoter idea and mainly just yeah. seeing you know see, seeing Arnold or whatever would be would be great. What would have been great is if he had made his son an actor, like Robert, Robert Jr. is an actor. And so then he gets to like kind of re go through the, the, the like sort of like his story of making Rocky almost like through this. Right. Him. Of, like his son oh. struggling to be a, an actor and an artist and Rocky just being like, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I, I'm a, I, I punch people for a living. I don't know. You know? Yeah. yeah. He writes Are you gonna the say script. Nick? For his junior high play, he's like, yeah, the boxer. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a great idea because, yeah, it, it would be coming from the heart in the way that the first Rocky did, but a part of him that he didn't get to express in the first Rocky, which is, no, I was actually like a theater kid growing up. I wasn't a boxer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the thing that's crazy is like he went to a really good college, Sylvester Stallone. Like he had a really good education. He's a really smart guy. And so the fact that like he wasn't able to like reconcile himself into this kid this this kid character and like the obvious conflict that would exist between him and rocky not like i'm gonna fight you dad conflict but like just you know that general conflict of like like i think about it all the time of like if i had a son who's really into sports i'd be like i I, oh no i don't know i'm sorry (laughs) like i don't know anything about this like i support you man but like you're you're going to have a hard time getting me to sit through a four-hour game every Sunday. Like, it's just not going to happen. Um, Gentlemen, yeah. imagine a Rocky Five where Junior is like, Dad, these are my friends. We play D&D. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. And now you have Rocky coming down to the basement with a bunch of, hey, nerds, you want some snacks? Here's my roll tray right here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm into that movie. They, they teach him how to play. He's wearing, like, a wizard hat. <laughs> Hell yes. He's like, so I just got to roll above this number and then I go punch the guy or what? You know? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Dude, Nick, that's such a funny (laughs) idea. (laughs) Rocky rolling 20s. (laughs) Rocky, like, or like, instead of fighting an orc, he's like, well, I'm going to talk to him. Like, why is he, why is he, maybe he's tired. Maybe he's hungry. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Junior, you got to come at, you know, life from all angles, like all different situations here. So, like, we talk to the orc, we figure out what his problem is. And then that's when we you have to tell go, problem. Yeah, he my orc dad used yeah. to beat me up. And you're like, now, see, he's got problems. <laughs> Rocky would be that D&D player where every NPC becomes like... He's on the piece. He's in the party after, now. I gotta... After after he after he fucking learns how to play D anD D with his son, he then like his like his like kooky training thing for Tommy Gun, like the check catching a chicken or whatever. He's like, we're gonna play D anD D, and Tommy Gun's like, what the hell's the point of this? Why am I do-? You gotta, gotta learn to your opponent. You gotta learn a new way to fight. You control the dice. It's it's the way the hands work. You know, <laughs> get your rolls right, Tommy. <laughs> But it's all about strategy. <laughs> you got five feet of movements, but like you, you're in the box. Like, what are you gonna do with it? Oh, yeah, wow. and you never, you never know who, the, who the, what the DM's gonna throw at you. You know, like that's like, just like a fight. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it cuts to Mick in heaven. What the fuck what? is going on? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man. But such as it is. Yeah, and the big boxing ring. He's got like those big foam D20s. He's like rolling them around. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Oh, uh, shit. But the movie that we do have is, yeah, like like, like Scott said, <laughs> it's like uh, a really like a time bending montage of yeah. uh, Tommy goes on like a, a streak of win after win after win. And uh, it's cut by these really on the nose. Every newspaper headline is like, Rocky Stooge wins another fight. Like Rocky yeah. Rocky yeah. Clone wins again. Right. I I love that recreation of the opening shot of Rocky though. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, In yeah, this yeah. like the 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 uh ba- church basement fight. Um I think it's just like it's really great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love I love the idea of a Catholic church ha- holding boxing matches <laughs> in its basement. Great. Yeah. And we see we see <laughs> uh, Rock 
uncomfortably trying to fill the Mick role. And on a meta level, he's not ready yet. Like, right. He doesn't have, he keeps calling back to, well, one time Mick said this, you know, cause like, yeah, that's how he was. Yeah, that inspired. whole fear speech. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. Like, Oh, who's your best friend? Like Tommy fear because fear, hips, you know, and it's, it never, the movie never has a moment where it lands on Tommy. And I think that's pretty savvy. Like they never really connect emotionally, which mm-hmm. maybe is supposed to make the betrayal easier to take. Yeah. Because <laughs> ultimately, the thing that we learn about Tommy Gunn is that he doesn't respect Rocky for being a good person or a good fighter. He respects Rocky because he started from nothing and got rich. Mm, yeah. That's that's it. That's what he respects. It's like, yeah, like you started out with nothing and now you're rich. It's like how people, how, how <laughs> these. These poor stooges who love Elon Musk, and they're like, he's a, wow, what a, amazing. And it's like, guys, that's not, you shouldn't be focusing on this. Like, you're never going to be that, you know? And, like, that's his, that is his focus, and Rocky is trying to be like, no, but I, I did that because I, I worked hard. It wasn't, like, an instantaneous thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you and you kind of, that's sort of echoed later on when he's, like, in the car that already has a vanity plate on it, and he's just like, the money will come. Like, right. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's all he cares about. Like. And then the other half of this montage is we see Junior's, you know, acclimating to this world. He beats up Eric. And but then there's like respect, respect. And I didn't even think about this. I don't think the movie does enough with this. But, you know, you mentioned Tommy just sees the absence of wealth because he grew up, you know, presumably really poor in Oklahoma. And he's like that. That's what will keep me safe is money. Whereas Junior came from money. So he sees the limits that money can have. Like yeah. he's not, he doesn't, there's never a scene where he thinks he's like better than jewels or he lets the bullies into his group, which is a very Rocky move. And yeah, it's like, yeah, we see like, he doesn't have that chip on his shoulder that Tommy has because he was lucky enough to be born in a very comfortable situation. But then it's also mixed messaging because then we see him hanging out with his friends on that goddamn stoop that Rocky warned that girl about in Rocky One. Right. Where he's like, you don't want to hang out on those stoop with the stoop with these with these stooges because then you'll turn into some. Oh, and by the way, they got her back. That actress, they got her back for this movie, and they shot a scene where it turns out she did become a sex worker, and they cut it out of the movie because they were like, that's too dark. <laughs> Ooh. But but she's in the street fight scene. She's like part of the crowd. She's like in the crowd, and she's in like her like uh, a sex worker like outfit. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't uh, like that because that makes me think. Because like the, the the girl in that group is Jules, and yeah, I don't like how that says about like the cycle of oh, is Jules just gonna grow up to? I know? think that's exactly why they like cut it out because okay. they're like, oh, I think we're, we've got some mixed messaging here. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah. I, but. I I like the little music cue uh during this montage though because you hear a guitar part come in but then it turns into like a hip hop song. I think it's called Keep It Up or something. Mm-hmm. But it sort of has that eye of the tiger sort of guitar party to like it starts with like this sort of like thing and then it turns into more like a 90s hip hop vibe, but I thought right. it was an interesting just sort of like fun, you know, like modern throwbacky type of thing or whatever that they were trying to because there, there's several music cues throughout where I was like, oh, this is kind of reminiscent of this thing or, or yeah. you know, how they had the band earlier. Where, like, they're trying to do it, but they're also trying to make it modern and hip, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's so funny. Even that does comes back. You know, the Creed soundtracks are incredible. And mm-hmm. the way they fuse hip hop with like epic orchestration 
is yeah you know so much but then again our appetite like you know in 1990 i'm sure a lot of people are like hey why is there hip-hop in my rocky movie you know get that yeah. crap shit yeah. out of here but by 2014 yeah. you know yeah but it was also like stuff written for move rap music written for movies was like cheesy yes. you know that was yeah. the other thing yeah because mm-hmm. it didn't it lacked well it lacked heart you know because that's it was like a total commercially designed thing right you know? yeah by the time it gets like ryan coogler no like, i actually love hip-hop and i know how i want and like my composer loves hip-hop too so we're you know we're actually right. coming from this with <laughs> yes absolutely totally uh so it's christmas time again very important time mm-hmm. in the rocky movies uh rocky gives the he pulls out the little glove necklace he's like hey i'm thinking about giving this to tommy and tolly is like oh oi with the tommy already like yeah. <laughs> haven't, haven't we given this guy enough and uh this is when it all it all comes to a head. Uh, so Rocky or Junior invites his friends over for Christmas night, and we get this kid. Eric makes an amazing joke when uh, <laughs> when Paulie when Paulie comes down in his Santa Claus that outfit good. with a garbage bag full of God knows what, and the kid's like, "Hey, look, it's ninety proof Santa." Yeah, <laughs> I laughed at that a lot. I thought that was really really funny. And uh, I think this is a pretty. I, I get. I like the, the the premise of this scene because it's like, oh, Rocky still sees Junior as a kid, and cannot tell that he has an earring and a girlfriend yeah. and a posse. Yeah, the bullies that he's that that he stuck up to are now probably like he's probably going around bullying a little bit now. You know, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Oh, and and totally, Jules totally like did the the whole old school like thing with like the pen and the cork needle like she's the one that pierced his ear for him for sure oh, like you know yeah. after school i think yeah um, yeah but yeah that that 90 proof santa joke i was like that's really good but rocky's excitement in that moment you know i had a i had a similar experience with my son i took him to see spider-verse and then he wanted to go again i was like oh i'd love to he goes well my friends and i are going and i was like oh i'll, I'll sit in a different part of the theater he goes could you just not come and just come back and pick us up i was like oh you're old now oh, yeah. <laughs> that's rough so like this scene i was like oh he's having that moment with this kid but also i mean he's kind of being a goof like he's being a like i would never in a million years if my kids friends were over do something like that like you know that was right. sort of family centric but i yeah. mean i understand the purpose of it for the scene uh, I would only embarrass them on purpose if I knew that I could. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 heartbreaking a little bit because you know you you, you love Rocky and you know Rocky and you see yeah. the joy that he has of like it's Christmas and I'm with the family. He's finally like thinking about his family primarily instead of Tommy, but he's not president enough or hasn't been president enough to see that you kind of God it's so you know kids grow grow up so fast and like yeah. It, it's already missed Uncle Polly dressing up as Santa time. Right. Yeah. Because right. it's been at least, what, five years since the last Christmas? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's 1996. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're, yeah we're, we're in the mid-90s now. <laughs> so uh, Junior storms off with his posse and uh, Rocky. Well, it's, it actually, Scott, it's kind of like a sequel to your to what happened earlier at the stoop where like five things happen at once. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it is cause like throughout this whole time, like Tommy, uh, Tommy Gunn has been like, I want the title fight. Like, get me the title fight, Rocky. Like, that's what I want. That's why I'm here. Like, that's why we're doing this. And Rocky's like, yeah, we'll get the title. Like, relax, like enjoy, enjoy this. Because I also think 
again, like the conversation he had with his son, where he's like, look, I want to give you stuff that I never got. I want you to have the life that I didn't have. He's doing the same thing with Tommy. He's saying, like, I didn't get the slow buildup to the title fight. I went from nothing to the title fight. And let me tell you, that shit's tough. So, like, you know, I'm trying to give you the career that I didn't get to have, which is a slow build where, like, you earn that title fight. Um, and, and, and also just he, experience because again, totally with your time thing, it's like he was just in there brawling. And then like 30 minutes later in the movie, he's like, I want the title. And it's like, you know how long you have to do to get just your body to react exactly like what, how, how you want it to, to like, if someone else is trying to punch you in the face, which by the way, all of those knockouts are like mortal combat endings. Like those people would be dead <laughs> if like someone like hit them that hard. They just yeah. fly up like on the rails and they're just like, Aah! Like, dude, like, there's even They're one brutal. where he basically almost clotheslines the guy. Like, he comes off the rope like it's WWE. He just hooks him, and the guy just goes, goosh, and just, like, yeah, home brutal. alone's onto brutal. his back. Well, he uh, he literally says back at that first family dinner of, like, yeah, every time I go in the ring, I just think about my dad. I just see my dad. It's crazy. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's have some sketty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, like... I guess another showbiz parallel of like Stallone to a degree didn't get that slow come up either. He mm-hmm, went no. from like softcore porn to like featured extra roles oh, yeah. to Rocky. And right. Yeah. He didn't get to just like be a reliable supporting character in movies for a couple years and maybe a, a starring role here, a starring role there. And yeah, I'm, right. I'm sure that was discombobulating. Right. And like at, at this time, because you said the 76 was Rocky, the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like at this time at 1990, this is the time. And granted, he was already doing the starring roles. But uh, to Nick's point, if he had had to like the sort of come up and been like the funny guy in the background or like, the you know, whatever. And then right around this time, had he just started leading movies rather than having that huge success with like Rocky and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, th- this would have been like his time to really sort of come up and shine as like the leading man that was experienced from all of the, the slow rise or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like if you even look at Michael B. Jordan, he had more of a trajectory of, yeah, he, he had kind of already, even by, by Creed built up like the wire and Friday night lights and movies. Yeah. It's interesting. We'll talk about right. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Don um, King, not Don King, George Washington, uh, Duke, <laughs> Duke comes with and kind of with like the, the presence and uh mix like oh <laughs> he makes kind of i don't man he's kind of i don't want to dehumanize the guy but he's like that dog that that loyal polly polly yeah what did i say you kept saying mick mick my bad uh yeah he's like i hey, go inside rock i'll deal with these these bozos and uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. why i gotta <laughs> and uh tommy's betrayal is laid bare of like I don't I can't I can't make it with you so I'm gonna make it with with uh with George Washington like he's got like a Harley Quinn now like a like a like a lady on his side and yeah. Rocky is again because this happened minutes after his son left him Rocky is like no please don't do this like you're making a mistake like two sons never... one Christmas no <laughs> yes 
That's that's Rocky Five, Two Sons, One Christmas. That's also <laughs> Dude, also been on the girl, poster. <laughs> like this girl, like at first, like, you know, cause like the 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 Washington uh Duke guy, he he introduces her, like, you know, just side of the ring. There's like that early photo of Rocky, like in one of the montages where he's like, Oh, this fucking guy's back. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and then it's like more that he keeps like going toward and to me, like I mean, I guess I don't really need to know, but I, at first I was like, is she like a a call girl or is she like a, like, or is she just like a rich chaser person, you know, which I assume that that's probably more what it is or whatever. Yeah, but like, yeah. I was like, what a weird thing to be like, cause he, he seems to basically like push her on. She, he's like, he goes, you want hot chicks? Here's one. And she's like, yeah. hi. You know, she's like, hello. I, 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 to me, like, it almost feels like he has something on her and is like forcing her into this relationship with him. Oh. Because it's also like, as soon as somebody like calls her out in that press conference later, they shut the door on her and then we never see her again. <laughs> so, you know. It's interesting of like, cause then, like, I took it, her final scene where someone's like, and her too, right? And she kind of like, yep, they caught me. She stands up and leaves. And I was like, oh, cool. Is this is what she does? Is she I'll more collect of... my things now? Yeah. Like, does she go <laughs> yeah. from boxer to boxer? Because, yeah, I was confused, too, if she was on on Duke's payroll or more of just like, no, I just show up at these events and just kind of go from like hot, dumb, young boxer to hot, dumb, young boxer. Whoever's right. got the money, you know. Yeah. I, I, know. I, I never like these types of characters, though, like. Like you see it like right in this where there she and she keeps going. We need to be there by ten. So like we need to go. And within five seconds, again timeline. This this thing must be on fast forward or something like that because she goes. Uh, you know, Duke's like he goes. Hey, he needs to talk to you, Rock. And then the second that Duke's leaves, she's like, we need to be at this place by 10. We need to go. And so then, like, she starts leading him outside. She's, like, leaning up against the car. She's like, open the door. Come on. We need to go. Come on. We need to go. And just, like, yeah. you know, again, there's I, a thing. Is she on the payroll? Is, she, is he, like, get her there by 10? Like, keep him agitated so he makes stupid decisions. You know that? Right. That kind of feels like what she's written as, at least. Yeah, because it is. it is very much like a, like, it's a situation where, you understand intellectually watching the scene that you're like, I get, I'm supposed to be annoyed by her, but like, yeah. God damn it. This is annoying. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know, Fuck it, so it's, it's working. Just, yeah. Yeah. So you're like, you're both like legitimately annoyed, but also annoyed that you, that you're falling for it. Cause you're like, <laughs> yeah, the movie's trying to make her annoyed and annoying and make me annoyed. But like, this is really annoying. Oh, see, I'm more yeah. annoyed with Tommy Gunn because she's like, Hey, we're in a car. Why are you like rolling at a light five for like a minute and a half to drive? Yeah. Go. And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. right. I'm in a car. And Rocky's yeah. lost everything. He's losing his family. And yeah. uh, we get I, I think I think a big. Uh, Scott said this at the very beginning, but Adrian is just so uh, much more a part of this story than she was in Rocky mm-hmm. four or even three that like mm-hmm. it's almost worth it just for like the return of this relationship, Rocky and Adrian being at the forefront of this franchise. It's the final time we see it. Yep. She seems to really ground him in this throughout yeah. this movie. Like, hey, like like you were saying, since this is more like one and two, she seems to be the person without throughout the entire movie that brings Rocky back to that reality. And then obviously their interaction on screen as an audience, we think those things. Mm. Right. And and like but some said- great street yelling. 
<laughs> sure, yeah. They, and, they they yelled out there for a while. Like that yeah. was like And like you said, a, Scott. That's a fight. <laughs> it is it is it is Talia Shire's last major scene as as Adrian. And yeah. while it's unfortunate how did, she, how did she pass away? Uh, uh she has not. Was she sick? Oh, the character Adrian? Oh, I don't she know. hasn't? Oh, Tal- I thought see I thought she died in real life and that's why she wasn't in the movies anymore. No, no, it was oh, just okay. that he was like, this is what he's struggling with now is is being alone, not having Adrian, not having his his sort of like lightning rod, his his support structure in place right. anymore. Did she yeah. die in the movie? Yes. Okay. I mean, That's you don't see was. her die. She's just already dead in the next. Okay. She died between five and Rocky Balboa. Okay. That's that's yeah. what I was confused then. Yeah. But Talia Shire is very much alive um, and a very sweet old lady. Um, <laughs> I, I've met her. Um, oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it, it's unfortunate that, you know, like, it's kind of what makes the first two Rocky such top tier because it really feels like Adrian is a character in this story as opposed to just like fulfilling her role in the Rocky movie formula. And I don't think she mm-hmm. gets a ton of stuff to do. It is very much to like in the Rocky formula of like, don't do this. Don't do that. I, I'm I'm here for you. You're inspired, but at least she has more of an, a, a there's just more uh, fire in that. And she has more of like, she's fighting for something in this more than three and four, I think. Yeah. And I think with having her, her kid be older and having to start to see like the, the idea of she knows Rocky's past. She knows his history. She knows her brother is probably not the most reliable guy. And who knows? I don't know if they ever explain like their family situation, you know, beforehand, but she probably sees the thing of like, sure. We lost our money. We can get past that. I'm going to go sell. I'm going to go sell puppies. He's going to sell, you know, boxing fists and, and we'll make it, we'll make it work. But the second she starts to lose her nucleus, she's like, Rocky, you need to get your shit together because, Mm -hmm. Mama's not having it. Yeah, <laughs> I there. There's also the, uh, I was just thinking since we're talking about Adrian, there's also this like little bit of a confusing thing that happens too. Like again, going back to like the sort of confused thematics of this movie, the the going all the way back to like that first dinner scene between um between Tommy and the family, and Ro- Robert Junior is talking about like the bully, um and. Uh, Tommy says something about like, like, oh, I mean, you know, you just you knock him one and then like, you, pop you know, him. that's yeah, you, you pop him once and then like, you know, that that'll be it. Like, that's that's all it takes. Um, And Adrian is like, well, we're teaching him to not, you know, use his fist to solve his problems and like use his brain instead and yada, yada, yada. And what's weird is that, like, despite. Robert Jr. having this sort of like low boiling animosity against Tommy for stealing his father away. He still takes Tommy's advice, gives the kid one pop, and now he's like his best friend, which is very, very weird in terms of like thematically. But it's also weird that Adrian would be like, no, he was not doing violence. Like, I understand it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you guys move back to like, it's one thing when you were rich. But, like, now, like, you're back in Philadelphia. He's the son of Rocky Balboa. Those kids are going to want to knock this, knock his block off just to prove something. Like, you can't, like, have him just solve everything without violence around here. And yeah. Adrian would know better, I feel like. I feel like she would be like, Rocky, I mean, can you just teach him something? Like, just something to, like, yeah. you know? I feel like she would know better. I don't know. But. Well, she came from the exact same neighborhood as Rocky. 
That's true. And yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. You know, as, as just as, you know, just as Rocky came from, you know, very little, so did she. So yeah, she probably would have picked up some lessons of, she probably had, I mean, growing up the way she did, she probably had her own share of bullies. That's true. That's true. Um, so definitely. Yeah. She was like, she was basically like Carrie at the beginning of, of the first <laughs> <Yeah>. Rocky. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, but it, it bears, it bears some note that, yeah, this is Talia Shire's final scene is Adrian major scene. Uh, can she just show up a little bit? No, actually, no, she's not even, she doesn't show up to the fight. Does she? Yeah. So, yeah. She does. Cause she's oh, in she her gym jams. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But, uh, yeah. yeah great character. Great relationship. Uh-huh. And I did not catch that it was the stoop from Rocky one. Um, mm-hmm. And like, that's a really cool move because that's where Rocky goes to have his heart to heart with junior. Uh, I love Jules. Like, you're not going to hit him. Are you like, no, I'm not going to hit him. Yeah. Like, that was a weird question. Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it is. I not, mean, not in this neighborhood. <laughs> well, no, not in this neighborhood, not in, within the context of, of this movie and the people that we're talking about, but just me as a viewer, like when she stops, like, you're not going to hit him. And I was like, Oh, oh, that's Jack. I mean, cause I know we talked about the Tommy thing and the like, but it was just, it caught me off guard for a second where I was like, Oh, right. Yeah. That's the world yeah. that we live in. Or, and maybe that's even her reality at home as well. Yeah. Cause that's why she asked, like, do you want me to stay with you? Because she, her, probably her thought process is like, if I'm here, he won't hit you, you yeah. know? Cause that's what she's used to with like, yeah. You know, and, everyone uh, in this neighborhood. And the the Eric is even like, I'm out of here. I got my own dad stuff. Like, I'm not. This is, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got an yeah. entourage to put together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in, what, in what world does a junior become? Uh, he switches his name to Vince and then like it becomes an entourage <laughs> spinoff. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. If he had done if they had done the <laughs> acting story that we were talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you he just could... listened to a bunch of dopes on the Internet, you'd yeah. have a whole crossover right. series. <laughs> You could have got a best friend named Turtle. Would have been great. Um, anyway, I like uh, I like Rocky and Junior's scene. You know, it's like, hey, you and me. I'm sorry, but it it feels like it's almost like the proxy Adrian scene we usually get, where right Junior's like, yeah, okay, like I'm cool with you now. We're just blowing off steam. Right, um, right. And he tries to throw in the you know the the dad street joke that we got from like that that go into bed scene or whatever earlier. Yeah. Right. You know, so you know that they're kind of like cool again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. and I don't, okay. I don't mind that his son is like the the Adrian stand-in in this. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really liked it because in the last one it was Apollo, right? Like Apollo was the Adrian stand-in in the third one, and then in the fourth one it was. I don't know that he, I don't know that it was revenge. I don't know. I don't know what the what the revenge Adrian stand-in was. The was. Stand-in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's clean. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 I like it. I like that this is like a, supposed to be a father son story. I think it could be stronger, but I do like it as a direction. Yeah. It's this is the first Rocky movie since I two to me maybe that really feels like the next chapter of this person's life. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, the yeah. fight. Is- God, um, imagine oh, yeah. skipping from two. Skipping three and four and going to this, and it opens with him just like ending the Cold War, and you're like, "Wow, how did we get here? Holy shit!" <laughs> All right. Previously on Rocky, <laughs> yeah, boom, boom, boom. Whoa. Also, now we're broke. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the uh, and then it's the it's the day of the fight, y'all, but not Rocky's fight, not this time. Mm-hmm. He is just like us. Uh, they call they call uh, they call Tommy the Clone Ranger. Yeah. 
everyone's I thought that was a funny joke. Yeah, everyone's booing him. They're cheering for you know you're a G. They're cheering for Rocky and he's not even in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a cool piece of sound design. I was like, are they saying Rocky? You know, like I was like, that's really cool. Like, yeah, and they call him the Clone Ranger or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was uh Again, it, it could be like a piece of sound design added later, or maybe if Stallone wrote it in the script, like that's fucking awesome. Nick, your hand went up. I call I, on you. I just thought of something of like, so I don't know what scene it was, but there was a point where, um, oh no, 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 never mind. I'm I'm right on track. So, uh, so the fight happens, uh, and I I like the note of everyone is like booing Tommy, like screw Tommy and Rocky, yeah. who has more reason than anyone to also be boo Tommy is like totally in his corner and like cheering him on. And just, it speaks so much to Rocky as a character and what Tommy meant to him even still. Yeah. At home, at home watching on TV, not literally in his corner. Sure. 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 Just, just to paint a picture for everybody at home. (laughs) I thought I, and I thought maybe I'm wrong. Like I thought like when it cut, it kind of cut this scene to me, I thought was a really fun little piece of filmmaking the way they they did the editing as as the fight progresses but i yeah. thought like maybe even when they're booing him doesn't it cut to rocky and kind of mumble something he's like oh come on give the kid a chance or something like that I yeah thought. Mm-hmm. yeah so he's so I, like he's kind of like ah come on what are you guys doing you know yeah i, th- I think the only the only issue i have with this scene is Polly, uh, uh like smoking like, inside po- no, well, I mean, yeah, uh, secondhand smoke will kill you. Um, but no, like Polly, Adrian, and and Rocky Junior, their reaction to Rocky's like excitement about the fight, where they're like, "Oh no, he's getting into drugs again!" Like that's that's the look on all of their faces. <laughs> that it's is like, a great oh, analogy. He's going. He's he, he's doing heroin again. Oh no. Um, and and I don't I don't understand their reaction to him in this scene. Yeah, I mean, because like Very I extreme. like the way. How how he was like, you know, he's almost coaching him from his own bag. And I like the editing and I like, you know, yeah. I like that sort of stuff. But, yeah, that's a, such an awesome analogy of like, they're like, we just watched dad do heroin again. And like yeah. now we're going to have like all of this problems for the rest of the day. I think it's supposed to be like they're worried that he's still going to want to be Tommy's mentor after this is over. But that's it's like, I don't know if that's. Like why is like that- they're the only ones who know that it's over? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or my my thought was another. Since, since you just said this, were they maybe trying to convey like they're worried that he may want to get back in the ring type of thing? Since he's hitting the bag and he's doing the stuff, I don't know. Yeah, it's, that, that's weird. It's muddy. Yeah, that feels that feels weird. I mean, I, maybe, but. But that's not it's not clear enough, I think. No, right. no, nothing is clear enough for us to, like, completely understand <laughs> the intention of their of their looks I of think. this movie. Yeah, but I uh, I do like the uh, I do like the and you guys can go back to, you know, I, I interrupt too much. I like the idea <laughs> that after the fight, he immediately is like, hey, that was a great fight. Me and Uncle Polly are going to go drink at a bar. You guys have a good night. <laughs> like, yeah. Is it the same night? Because after so the scene after that, the scene after the fight is we get we get a so so uh Tommy wins, everyone's booing. Uh he thanks yeah. he thanks Duke instead of Rocky. And that's yeah. the first time that Rocky's like, oh man, I'm like that hurts a little bit. Um and at the press conference we get a really interesting scene 
uh, that kind of echoes the earlier press conference scene, but also another scene from the Rocky series that I wanted to bring up. This is really interesting to me. So the press immediately turns on Tommy and Duke, where they're like, this is a sham fight. This dude has a, that dude had a glass jaw. Kane was in nowhere near fighting shape. You're a false yeah. king, you know. You might as right. well have been a chandelier. Yeah, you're a bum. Yeah. And it reminds me of uh, the plight that Rocky had in 3, where he learned that he, he was wearing a paper belt to a certain extent. Like, Mick had been cushioning and protecting him from, you, you weren't fighting real boxes, Rocky. You were fighting bums, and, you know, you're not a, you know, you can't fight Clubber Lang. And it's such a weird thing for the series to become fixated on of like the the validity of fights and the validity of champions right right yeah yeah it it is weird but also like the press in this movie are aggro as hell and you can (laughs) tell this is being written by a guy who is now a celebrity and is dealing with the press and paparazzi on a regular basis and is now like okay they're not just doing their job they're villains that's how i'm gonna write them is that they're villains because they're just scum is probably how he views them. And you can sense his animosity toward the press in this movie. Sure. Much more so than any of the others before it. It's like for 20 years now, he's had to deal with like walking out of grocery stores or his yeah. own house and having assholes like yell like, are you having an affair? Or are you taking steroids? All this stuff. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, Thru- but yeah, this is the- oh. good. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, throughout this entire scene and throughout a majority of the rest of the movie, there is so much yell acting. Yeah, there is a lot. Um, that was my but, but But yeah, he, this is the, the rest of this movie is this night. Um, yep. this, this is, he went back to the locker room after winning, got showered, changed, came out for the press. He's wearing that outfit. And then they immediately travel from there to the bar to wow. get Rocky to come outside. Yeah. But that, but it goes toward the fact that like this was a sham fight. He didn't. He's not even. He's barely even injured. Like he does. Like yeah, I'll just go right into another fight. I don't give a shit. And it's like yeah, because you weren't in a real fight. You didn't actually earn what you were, you think you earned. Yeah, that's when I wrote the note down about. I wonder if Kane was going to flop for Rocky, or if Kane is actually a good boxer. Right. Right. Yeah, we never really learn a lot about Kane. No. No, he just tells him. He t- he just tells him to shut up in the limo, yeah. and then that's the last yeah. we hear of him. <laughs> he never talks again before he gets yeah. knocked out. Yeah, that's the last we hear from him. Like, yeah, yeah, that 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 classic mentality of like I'll fight anybody, and then like you know Tommy starts to echo that same sentiment. I think they even say the same lines: "I'll fight anybody anywhere. I don't care." Type of idea, mm-hmm. right? And right. Uh, Duke's like, "Get him in the ring. We you need to fight Rocky. Do what you have to do. Like, goad him. Like, insult him or whatever." They go back to the bar. Uh, and they knock, they uh, 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 Tommy knocks Polly out, and he's like, "Hey, like nobody, that's my, that's my Polly. Uh, uh-huh. My ring's outside." It has, I think it, I think it has the final joke in the movie, which made me laugh, which is like, like mm-hmm. Stallone gets up, and then the big guys, the bar guys get, they're like, "You want some help?" He goes, "This ain't no pie eating contest." <laughs> like, <laughs> uh. You can tell that I'm a stand-up comedian because I focus on the jokes and, like, the silly stuff that people are wearing. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is just such an insane finale to a movie that was, like, supposed to be a grounded, like, return to roots. Like, it it becomes, like, a a side-scroller, like, brawler video game. 
Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, of of uh, you're just waiting for one of them to like turn around and go Hadouken. Yeah, like just <laughs> like that's the kind of fight this is, where they're like they're like picking each other up and flipping them over themselves, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, like I wrote this down, and you uh, you said this, you know, what? However long ago it was, is that like you know Stallone didn't do the fight choreography, you know, uh, for for the end fight, you know, he wanted somebody. I wrote down. Rocky is straight up breakdance fighting, like the way he like drops to the ground and trips people and then comes through the shoulders. And, does, you know, he's very capoeira esque, very sort of jujitsu, like at the beginning of the fight where he's dominating Tommy. You know, I was like, how does Rocky know how to do all this stuff? <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. so weird. Well, hey, OK, the, I think the max weirdness is when Tommy uh-uh. just starts punching random bystanders in the street. <laughs> yes, definitely. That, Definitely. He's like, I'll beat all of you. I don't oh, care. The, the whole city of Philadelphia. So so the, the fight choreographer on this movie was Terry Funk, who is a professional yeah. wrestling veteran. Um, so it explains a lot uh, because you've literally got like, like Tommy Gunn is just like full blown like villain mode, you know, and he, he's punching random people in the crowd. It's just insane. It reminds me of like the the fight with Thunderlips in the third one where mm. he's like people are like trying to stop him and he's like throwing random people into the audience and stuff <laughs> yeah. and like screaming like an animal. <laughs> it's well, he was like a, a that, that makes sense because he he and Hulk Hogan had a lot of stuff. uh in the WWF and before like Terry Funk was a big, uh, a big, one of those guys that's like a legend in, in the wrestling world, but, mm-hmm. but never became like Hulk Hogan or macho man or something like mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But he was a huge, so it makes sense that if they used him for the Hogan Rocky, that they would have brought him back for this for sure. But it, it, it also makes sense. Like why this fight isn't satisfying because the thing about, uh, about Stallone when he was Corey, uh, uh uh, when he was like choreographing all of the fights in in the other movies, like he yeah. scripted them out move by move, and was like, okay, so like I want people to feel this way here, so this is how I'm going to con- like portray that by like having this swing and then this be a miss, but this be a hit, and et cetera, et cetera, and built each of those fight scenes like he was writing a s- script, and yeah. that is not how most fight choreographers build that stuff they just think about like what's gonna look cool you know and like yeah there's definitely they're thinking about the story but they're not thinking about it on a micro level they're thinking about the macro level of like well you know uh this guy's gotta start winning and then this guy's gotta be losing but then he's gotta turn it around but then it's gotta flip back the other way and like that's kind of like every fight you've ever seen choreographed and stallone did things so differently that this just doesn't feel like a stallone fight it doesn't feel like a Rocky fight. It feels For like sure. a fight that belongs in another movie. It doesn't feel like that that triumphant moment. You don't have the score coming in. The moral of the story is fight in the streets and don't make any money. Cool. Uh-huh. Way to end. Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, if you're going to get fucking punched in the head anyway, why not just do the fight that we want to see and make some money? Or, or, it- or, or. or at least take it back to the boxing gym so he can That's, win on his home turf. That is exactly my that is how this movie should have ended. It should yeah. have ended with Rocky leaving and, and like like after he punches Polly, he walks out of that bar and he goes outside and then he just starts walking down the street and Tommy's like, 
what the hell? What are you? What are you? What are you running? What are you running? And he's like, "No, I'm going to the gym where I'm gonna beat you in the ring." And then you go, you go, yeah. and you have an actual fight. The whole town shows up, and there's like an actual fight that is an amateur fight, a skirmish in that Paulie's, gym. That's Paulie's that taking is, bets. He's got his cup out that he had earlier. You know, he's that, taking bets on the side. That's a, a hundred percent how this movie should have ended instead of a street brawl. Um, yeah. But in order for it to end like that. Stallone would have had to do the choreography, and he didn't want to do the choreography because he wanted yeah. his little vacation for this right. one. Which I you do, can blame I him, do, but, you know. I do love his son's <clears throat> fucking reaction, which is, knock the bum out, he took my room. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. When his son, like, gets into the crowd, he's like, knock the bum out, he took my room. Yeah, Dad, come on. Like, it's yeah. so funny to me. That's good, but you know, I think that's a. I think I think that would have given people. I think it would have satiated maybe like what Stallone wanted to do uh, with this, but then also given us the the visual sort of closure of yeah, it's the end of a Rocky movie. We're in a ring because we need it. We and you also need that that sort of beat that breath before the fight. And there's no breath here because you don't even know that you're about to be in a fight until the fight started. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess there's a fight now. I, I, I think you need that moment of like, okay, we're about to ro- we're about to start a fight. We're going to go into a fight. Here we go. Um, and and that's visually, that's such a cool thing that you said. Like, he's walking and he's like, you, you know, what are you, yellow? You a coward or whatever? He's like, no, I'm going to where I should beat you, in the ring. And he kind of like motions to him. And, you, you know, and there's a shot like it starts on the street at the back of a crowd and the camera goes up. And you see Rocky just leading this crowd of people down the road, you know, as the camera kind of goes up and back. Yeah. You get a rad shot. And then, yeah, everyone's in the thing. Everyone's like, oh, it's, it's you know, going around the ring. Are you sure you want to do this rock? Of course. I'm going to go take gambling bets. And then it's like the kids, you know, at his side. He's like, Dad, you know, I love you. You don't have to, you know, some sort of moment there. So he re-solidifies that. He's like, I'm going to do it for you, Junior. And then bing, bang, boom. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, arguably, to me, I think the uh, most iconic line of the movie, uh, I don't hear no bell. Nice. Uh, would be uh, created perfectly years later on South Park and take on a life of its own. Uh, right. Randy Marsh. Right. Uh, another kind of clumsy moment for me is at the very end when he beats Tommy Gunn. And then uh, Duke has the line of like, you know, if you if you beat me, I'll sue. If you if you punch me, I'll sue you. And Rocky's like, yeah. suit, punches him. He lands on the hood of a car, like we're in kindergarten yeah. cop all of a sudden. And right. and he's like, sue me for what? And I'm like, for punching him in public in front of hundreds of people. Like, <laughs> does that come back in Balboa that Duke actually sued his ass off, and that's why he's I, living? I in a- I don't remember, but what he's saying is he doesn't have any money. Like, sue me for what? I don't have anything. You're not going to get anything. Okay. That's what he means. It's just like, yeah, yeah, good luck. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, sue me all you want. I don't have anything. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. My wife works at a pet store. I have a boxing gym. So, like, you know, uh, yeah, Yeah, that's what I got out of it. They could take his boxing gym. Actually, they can't because technically his son owns it. See, Sylvester Stallone had a few uh, had a few story, you know, <laughs> yeah. plot yeah. plot hole shields, you know. <laughs> we uh, we get the return of the priest making his only non window appearance in the franchise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love when he does that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, and then we yeah. get uh, an epilogue outside of the you know the the museum, the Philadelphia Museum. Uh, the steps, you know, they keep in more steps every year, and. In a world where this was the final Rocky movie, which it was for um, over a decade, um, I'm kind of in love with the last little exchange of 
they're going into the museum. He's like, you know, I've never actually gone into the museum ever before in my life because I'm Rocky. And his son, his son's <laughs> I like, I didn't know they had famous pictures in here or whatever. And his, and his son's like, oh, yeah, I think you're really going to love Picasso. And Rocky's like, yeah, well, I love almost everybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, it's like, oh, wow, this, this, Stallone the writer really does know this character like the back of his hand because like, I've never thought about that with Rocky, but it suddenly was like, oh, that is like almost the quintessence of this character. I, I, I really like that ending too, because if you look back at like, Especially three and four, because like obviously, like Apollo, he fights twice and he becomes his best friend of the whole universe. But but then like you go to three, and even three, there's like a moment of like respect that passes between them. Like after he wins against Clubber, like where Clubber's like, "All right, you weren't a you weren't a punk like I thought you were." Like, all right, whatever, you know. Um, but then like four, like literally four is about him beating his best friend's murderer into liking him. Like, just, like, beating the shit out of him until he likes him. Like, that's the plot of four. Um, yeah, and, and really yeah, that's is. that's what he does. Like, that's that's his that's his move. It's just like, yeah, I like I like almost everybody. Um, except for that. Except for that promoter guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a very, very, very good observation, Nick. I, I like the way that I thought it was very cool as well. Like how it ended. I was like. That's a great end to a movie. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's him. It's his son. It's the thing that we've sort of been wanting all along. The, definitely the thing that, like, as we've discussed, like, wasn't as well written. But that's a great moment. And I think another really fun joke, like, you can tell Rocky's being self-deprecating. They're standing in front of the statue. And he's like, hey, the good thing is, like, you know, birds will always have a place to sit or whatever. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, it's like your dad, you're standing in front of a statue that's, what, 12 15 feet tall of your yeah. father and he's just like yeah birds are gonna crap on me all right let's go look at this artwork you know <laughs> well it's that's that that's like a version of like a really famous joke of like you know like the joke of like uh you know like oh well when he when he drops dead i'll finally have some place to park my bike you know like that kind of like that <laughs> yeah, kind sure. of that kind of joke that um, old vaudeville type of stuff yeah. right right which is which is fun i i think my only my only criticism of this final scene is like I wish it was like a family outing. I would th- I wish Adrian was there too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That would be that would be my only thing. But uh but otherwise, great final scene and you know they could have still had the moment cuz like they race up the stairs, so they could have still had the moment where they have some nice heart heart heartfelt dialogue and then right as they're right as he says around the idea of like, you know, like, hey, uh there's a who knew there were so many expensive pictures in here. That's when Adrian and Polly catch up to them cuz you know, they took yeah. off up the stairs and then he's like, you know, hey, we're going to have a great family day. Who knew there were so many expensive pictures? And he's yeah. just like, I don't know, you know, and they right. say some. But that's that's a, actually a very excellent, excellent point. Gosh, I feel you like just really know how to talk about movies. <laughs> <laughs> we do it enough. God no. damn it. Hey, what are you gonna it, do? <laughs> it's that 10,000 hours thing. But no, it's it's unfortunate that I get, you know, father, son. But like, yeah, like the whole family went through this crucible together. It would have been cool to have like, right. the yeah. Balboa family be at the, at the very end of it. I mean, I just think like overall, like, you know, I think the the reason that this that, that this movie is looked at so poorly um, is because it was the final one for so long. And I don't think that it works as a final film. I don't think it's satisfying as a final film, um, you know, on its own. 
uh, as it stands. You know, I think that there's a version of this. If there was like a few more drafts, I think he probably could have gotten to a better version of this movie. Uh, maybe cast some real actors in uh, some of the major roles. Um, but, uh, you know, now that it's not, it's far from the final film in the franchise. You know, we've had three more since this. I think that maybe like go and revisit it everybody because i think like now that it doesn't have that baggage i think it's a lot more entertaining than you remember it being um and a lot more heartfelt than you remember it being it's a much better movie now as like not being the final film in this franchise um i don't know that's how i kind of feel about it what about you nick yeah like as as we talked about the movie has genuine shortcomings that don't do it any favors but it does so much uh it does so much interesting stuff and kind of and people from the beginning have been clamoring even while the rocky movie sequels were coming out in the 80s of like why don't we go back to the heart of the john alvinson original and this tries to and i, I don't think it gets yeah. enough credit for taking that swing in, in being a guy that like knew nothing about it i had no idea that this one was you know you know no people didn't like it like i said I watched the whole thing, wasn't disappointed really, except for like pretty much with the ending. I thought some of the stuff was rushed, but in general, it's like, yeah, fun movie. Enjoyed yeah. it. Like, not a big problem, but I can see under the guise of like, we're probably not going to get any more, and that's how we're going to end it. People being like, oh, fuck you. Like, get the fuck <laughs> yeah, out of right. here with that shit. Right. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Bentley. Um, where Where can people find more of your stuff out there on the internet? I know you do a lot. I yeah I've been known to do some stuff. Um, so uh, if you go to YouTube, uh, uh, and look up Clerks musical. I made a Clerks musical based off of the Kevin Smith world. Just type in Clerks space musical. You'll see me pop up in a purple sweater. I've got a goatee. I wrote it. I directed it. I helped write all the music, did the choreography, all that sort of stuff. And stick around to the end of the credits. Unless you say in Jay and Silent Bob, it's not over yet. So <sighs> if you want to hear me podcast, I was inspired by these two gentlemen uh, from their Back to the Future Minute. And I did my own movie by minute called A Christmas Story Minute, in which I break down the movie A Christmas Story. And... Um, and I'm working on Speed Movie Minute right now uh, with with a buddy of mine named Roger. And, uh, you know, I just uh, and then, you know, at Twitter, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Bentley, who B-E-N-T-L-E-Y-W-H-O. I don't know if you guys put that sort of stuff in the show notes, but I'd be happy to send you all the links for everything. And uh, and then I do voiceover work. Fiverr dot com slash Bentley Michaels. And, uh, you know, hit me up. Let me know. uh let me know that you uh, heard me on franchiseography. But uh, again, gentlemen, absolute pleasure. Yeah, and it's been great having you on, man. It was a fun conversation. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, check out the Patreon, duallygenre.com slash support. Become a Patreon supporter. Help us keep the lights on. Help a uh, season three of franchiseography happen by be becoming a Patreon supporter. Uh, plus, you'll get the, uh, you know, the whole... Uh, franchise potential miniseries we just did on the films of Michael Crichton and uh, and and Colin Trevorrow, um, which was uh, crazy, including his Star Wars movie that he didn't get made. Um, so lots of really uh, fun stuff over on the Patreon. Uh, it's duallygenre.com slash support. Check that out. Join the Discord. Follow us on Twitter. All that good stuff. And we'll be back next week to talk about uh, Rocky Balboa. Bye, everybody. You come full circle. Now you're home. Without the gold, without the crumbs 
That's the matter of a man. 